You're listening to the Airline Pilot Guy Show. The view from our side of the cockpit door. WAPG. It's the Airline Pilot Guy. Airline Pilot Guy episode 526. Yeah, he's up in the sky. It's the Airline Pilot Guy. Hello, you're listening to the Airline Pilot Guy Show. The view from our side of the cockpit door. Your host, Captain Jeff, broadcasting live from Studio 3C at the Doubletree in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today's show is recorded on the 22nd of June, 2022. In today's episode, two flights try to take off simultaneously on the same runway in Toronto. An EasyJet pilot becomes incapacitated while flying over Scotland. More news, your feedback, and today's plane tale. So get all settled in. Tray tables and seat backs in the upright and locked positions. Electronic devices powered on. I'm Radio Roger, and Flight 526 is ready for pushback. Thank you, Radio Roger Stern. He's an award-winning TV and radio reporter, currently at the number one all-news station in the nation. 10-10 wins in New York City. There we go. I like I my job already. All right. I'm Captain Jeff, the pilot of Major Legacy Airline based in Atlanta, Georgia. And joining us today from, well, she's sitting right next to me, uh, not in her Lakeside studio in uh, South, but she's in North. Kagalecki, And in the Doubletree Suites Hotel. Here we are in our Doubletree Suite studio. She's a doctor, skydiver, marathon runner, strength training junkie, IPA connoisseur, commercial multi-engine instrument rated, backstabbing jumper dumper, Dr. Steph. Hey, Captain Jeff. Yeah, I might just be terrible at this job of playing the uh, audio technician now, too. Yeah, I, yeah. We'll see. I'll get better as it goes. Oh, you know what, though? I never did make the fix regarding the uh, all the things. So you'll probably do a better job than I do when it's time for uh, Liz. But we're going to go now to uh, Captain, or not Captain Nick, but Nick Camacho from his home studio in the air capital. Low and slow pilot, old airline enthusiast, and no, old airplane enthusiast, and engineer in the aerospace and defense industry. It's Nick Camacho. Hey, guys. Glad to be back again. We're glad to have you back Hold as well. chat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And from her studio in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, retired financier and aviation enthusiast, spreadsheet master, and our producer director, it's Liz Piper. Hi, everybody. Uh, da, 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 da. Sorry, I cut that out too soon. <laughs> Did you cut it off? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one just plays out. I, yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I didn't know. It looked like I had a lot of time left. It's, it's not as easy as it looks. Well, <laughs> no, but I, I could learn. It's okay. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. You're, you're smart. Hello. Welcome, Liz. We're doing some on-the-job We're Hi, doing everybody. some on the job training here with uh, sound effects. I see that. <laughs> you getting a raise for that? Yeah, yeah double gonna, the pay. I'm going to double the pay <laughs> yeah. for sure. Okay. Standard okay. raise. Very good. Anyway, good and, show, you guys. Well, thanks, Liz. And unfortunately, uh, Miami Rick and Captain Nick aren't able to make it with us today. So we're going to miss them, and hopefully we'll see them again on our next show. But right now, I think it's time for us to head over to 
some aviation news. Nailed it. <laughs> well, so. Stand by for news. Okay, the first item in the news is something that just happened yesterday Yesterday. (laughs) in Miami at the Miami International Airport. And uh, let's see. So now bear with me. This is going to be a little clunky uh, sharing all these different videos. But let's start with this first one. Uh, Again, this is uh, someone who was near uh, runway nine at Miami International Airport when this happened. That's a Red Air Flight 203 MD-82. Kind of skidding. That was actually the, the wind we're hearing here. Um, and uh, coming, skidding to a stop um, just off the left side of runway 9. That sound you hear there is the airplane on runway 12 going around. And soon you will see uh, here on the video uh, some airport... Uh, air uh the rescue and firefighting vehicles um heading out there i was very impressed by how quickly they responded here um thought by now you would see something but in the background you see the airplane and you see the fact that uh, it's probably an uncommanded evacuation probably not a commanded evacuation yet and i'll explain why i think that um, soon when we see some other uh, passenger uh videos so I'm going to go ahead and turn the volume down a little bit on that. And there's the airport vehicle. And uh, not long after that. Um, there was already a vehicle out there. Was there? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, pretty pretty rapid response there from uh, the Miami International ARR, AR, ARFF folks. Anyway, so let's uh, stop this and play this next video. And, oh, th- let me, uh, hi. <laughs> hey, Nick. Um, I didn't mean to push that button that no pilot would ever push. So I'll uh, rewind <laughs> it. it. I'm going to do that. Um, this is something I just found, like, right before we started recording the show. And this is a passenger video from the airplane itself. The uh, passenger is sitting on the left side, right next to the window, right next to the left wing. And, and just listen for the sound of the main gear uh, once they are on the runway. They're coming in. They haven't touched down yet. Or no, they, they just touched down. It's not very loud, but it's like... It's not smooth. It's like something is... like a, Almost like a flat tire sound. I'm not saying that's what it is, but it's like a continuous thumping sound. And then the thing just went off the side. And uh, here we are uh, from the inside of the cabin. They're starting the evacuation. And you can see the flight attendant crew and uh, pilots in the cockpit. They're finally exiting the uh, one left door. Although... When this whole thing started, the evacuation, and the, the reason why I say it's uncommanded, uh, was over the left over wing exits, and the, and the engines you could still hear running. 
and then winding down. So that's uh, it's no good. You know, you have to wait for the. Although I understand, you know, you're a passenger. It's human nature. You see a fire on the right wing, and uh, you just want to get out of that airplane before you know who knows it's going to blow up or something, right? So uh, they got on out of there, and uh, anyway, where am I going with all this? Um, there is a picture of the MD-82 after uh, the firefighters were able to uh, extinguish some of the uh, some of the fire on the right side. The reason why the uh, fire started on the right side is that um, when they veered off the runway nine, they ended up hitting the glide slope antenna array. In this picture here that we're showing on the mm-hmm. video, you can see that uh, pretty much took out that glide slope uh, antenna and uh, it ruptured the wing and started a small fire. And then the firefighting people were uh, pretty quick on uh, getting there and putting extinguishing that fire. It could have been a lot worse, that's for sure. Um, I have some other videos I want to share as well. Uh, these were from passengers that were, I believe, on the flight. And I'm going to have to share my screen because they're Twitter videos. I, I like the YouTube videos because then I can kind of download them and play mm-hmm. them like mm-hmm. I just did. But um, let's uh, see this one, if this is one of the good ones here. Share that. And I have to uh, go over here. It's Liz, if you can see that in the um, in in the uh, video thumbnail, if you can add that to the... Is Liz still here? I don't know. I don't think so. Hmm. Oh, she is. She is, but I don't hear her in clean feed. Do you? Mm-mm. Hmm. Say something, Liz. Well, you know what? I'll bet something happened over here. Testing, Liz. Testing. Nope. Um, I'm going to remove you from clean feed, and then uh, if you can use that same invitation to come back. Uh, we'll see if we can reestablish our control room connection. She's still there in stream yard Hello. Oh, okay here i am i'm back mm-hmm. all right okay. good we can, can hear, hear you yeah mm-hmm. i can hear you now okay. we weren't ignoring you all before right. it's just i didn't we didn't hear no, you okay. okay so you've added it to the stream so let me play that video here <laughs> see you hear the engines yeah i hear it mm-hmm. and the people are already out of the airplane yeah they're leaving oh. the left side which is good they didn't leave the right side because on probably, fire yeah on fire. it's probably hot but look, I thought it was interesting here. The front door is still not open. Mm-mm. They're probably still running through their checklist probably. to make sure to secure, secure the engines and yep. everything else and then give the evacuation command. They may not even know that. There's a you know, in this airplane, by the way, those overwing exits, there's no indication to us in the cockpit. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they may not have On this idea. airplane. Mm-hmm. The airplane I'm flying now, there yes. is, but not this one. Hmm. So, uh, there's a view of the people leaving and screaming. There's a lot of screaming happening. Yeah, a lot of screaming. A lot of screaming, wow. I'm not sure why. I don't. I think there were like three people that there were There were three in, minor injuries. Yeah. Um, I think soon. Okay, here we go. The door yep. is opening. Now listen. You can hear the... The slide. That's the slide inflating. Unfortunately, whoever was doing this video wasn't pointing at it. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> and here come the firefighting vehicles. The try to get that fire out anyway so i thought it was a pretty good uh 
video and let me uh, share another one. Nope, that's not what I want to do. Uh, share screen and Chrome file. And uh, let's uh, take a look at this one. Okay, again, Liz, if you can pop that in, let me know if, you, if it's there. Okay. And we're playing. Okay, that's somebody going out the one left door and holding their water bottle. I'm and assuming filming. that's what it was. And filming at the same time, yeah. Some uh, rolling luggage. Oh, I can't. Can you believe it? The people, <laughs> I'm shocked that people I'm took so, their luggage. I'm so shocked. Who would do that? Lots of luggage going. Yes. Yeah, just. Seems like. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for later. flying with us today. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for flying right like, yeah. <laughs> Is that what they said? Yeah. Oh my gosh. They really did say thank you. That's what I heard. Okay. Again, more screaming. Okay. Well, now we're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. Keep playing it first. Okay. It was thank you very much anyway. Okay. <laughs> I think just thanks for being okay. not. And uh let's do uh one more here. If you all can bear with us on this. Chrome tab, um share. And if you'll pop that in, Liz. That's what she said. All right. And here we go. Another another passenger video. The danger here is they have all these people and then firefighting vehicles yeah, and airport vehicles. Around. It's really, you know, it's a miracle that nobody got run over like that accident in uh, San Francisco, um, Asiana, mm -hmm. the 777. Um, anyway, I think that's all I have. Oh, I have one more thing I'd like to play, and that is the um, air traffic control audio of the right after the Red, Ar Red Air uh, had their runway excursion and then you can hear air traffic control directing all the people that were coming in for approach uh to go around uh, and i i think it's quite interesting to uh to hear some of the stuff going on here i'm ready to go around climbing to 3000 Okay, uh, go around, climb to 3000 present heading american 2415 go around we're going to around going around to the heading 120 climbing American 2415 to heading 120, climb at 10,000. Right heading 120, up to uh, 3,000, American 2415. Did you catch that? 203, I didn't know what the yeah. uh, call sign was, though. Like, what? Call sign's Air Jamaica. Air... Oh, really? Yes. Huh. So I heard this. And I went, I was, Wait a minute! I know. I, I was expecting to hear red air, and then yeah. I couldn't understand what he actually said. Listen, listen again. Maybe, huh? maybe I'm hearing things, but it sounds to me like Air Jamaica. Uh, folks, Captain White. Uh, oh. First, we're going to hear from Captain White. Was he in the Navy and no had problem. 25 <laughs> tracks? <laughs> okay. Let's hear that again. Hold on. I don't know if they're saying Air Jamaica or not, but it doesn't sound like red air to me. No, it's not. I'm going to actually look it up Man, and see I, what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I, it uh, sounds like Jamaica to me now, but you Oh, hang on. That. Captain White's see, talking again now. Listen to air traffic control. No problem. That's what we're concerned about. Check your mic, Captain 
<laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. Check your mic, Captain Check your mic. White. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Captain White's probably really appreciating the fact that this is recorded and being played all over the it's place. It's everywhere. Posterity. <laughs> all right. Here. Red Dominicana? It could be Dominicana. Because it is a... It's Dominican. I yeah, it's Dominican. Um, one more time. Okay. I'm going to start here. Around this area. Okay, uh, go around, climb the 3,000, present heading, American 2415. Go around, Virgin 5 Charlie Heavy, go around. Virgin 5 Charlie Heavy. Bang around. That could Sorry. have been Captain Nick. American 2415, to heading 120, climb in 10, 3,000. American 2415, to heading 120, climb in 10, 3,000. Right heading 120, up to uh, 3,000, could have been Dominica. Call signs of Red Dominica. I don't know. I was just thinking it didn't sound like Red Air. So it's not Red Air. It's, it's yeah, Dominicana. It's Dominicana. Uh, okay, that makes more sense. Anywho, uh, nice job by the air traffic controllers. And this is this is one of those instances. And just Captain goes to sh- White. And Captain White. Thank you, yes. uh, Liz. Good point. <laughs> Thank <laughs> nice you, job. Captain White, for the cameo. In this, uh, <laughs> I love the eight. The air traffic check controllers. Your mic. So, uh, check your mic, Captain White. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, the fact that you're coming in, everything is going all hunky-dory, and then all of a sudden, you know, air traffic control telling you, go around. And that's why you always have to be prepared to to go around, Mm -hmm. and you just have to be in that mindset. And it's just startling. What? What? Why are we going around? It's a beautiful day here. Are we we playing an audio clip there or anything Um, about going around? Oh, well, I guess we could. Sure. I don't see this um, one. I was, giving, I, was giving, I was giving Steph a prompt there. Yeah, but it's yeah, on but a different I was, screen. It, yeah, she has to switch it, to a different, oh, okay. um, and Never I'm just going to hit. Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> this one. There we go. Now we got it. You got it. Yeah. Big G. Big Flawless. G. Go around. Little G. Yeah, going green. Big G. So I have to hit okay. shift G to get that. I got it. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. That was a big jumble of videos and audios and all kinds of stuff. So this airplane's coming in. They, this is a new discount carrier out of uh, the Dominican Republic called uh, Red um, Red Air. Red Air, and their they their fleet consists of or used to consist of four MD eighty series oh, airplanes. It's three. Now, now they have three. Okay. I think it's like they had uh, – this is one of the MD-82s. <laughs> I think they had three MD-82s from – that used to be uh, operated by American Airlines. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I think they have an MD-81 as well. I'm not sure what the background is on that one. But this is uh, – I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, save anything from this airplane or not or if it's probably going to be, you know, hull loss. And then now they're going to have to look around for – another MD-80 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- I think that their service right now is, uh, it's a relatively new, they just started service not long ago, and they go between Dominican Republic and Miami. And I think yep. that's just I their route I think that's basically start. it, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. I looked it up a little bit yesterday okay. when I saw this. But. Yeah, so that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, my takeaway is, beautiful day, and what could possibly go wrong? And then all of a sudden the airplane ahead of you has gone off the end of the runway or off the side of the runway, mm-hmm. and now you're it's going around, fire. and it's like, whoa, what yeah. do we do now? 
How long is there, how long are the runways going to be closed? Do we have to think about where we're going to go now? You know, for do we have an alternate? Probably not. Probably not. But fortunately, you're in South Florida, where yeah, there's lots of lots of options, choices. You know. Um, but you know, if Mike, it happens someplace Mike more remote, then perhaps mm-hmm. you'd really have to think about that, right? Then. Okay. Uh, let me go to the Mike screen the here. Okay, we're gonna try to pull that up, Liz, and see the comment from. Micah, a real discount carrier. In fact, their fares are so hot, they're on fire. Boom, bam. This is where we go over here like this and hit R. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that's my takeaway is that, you know, just don't take it for granted that because uh, the weather's great, you don't have an alternate, um, you know, that something like this can't happen and you have to be ready for it. And it sounds to me like everybody did a good job of doing that, yep. uh, except for the uh, selecting the proper PA button on the uh, panel well, uh, yeah. on, on American Flight 2415. That'll, that'll catch off guard too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Nick? See? I, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have a lot to add. I was going to ask okay. you though, you, you said go off the end of the runway Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were in this situation, would you rather be known for going off the end of the runway or off the side of the runway? Huh? Well, I actually think off the side of the runway because probably that better. probably indicates that there was some, some, uh, issue that was failure. mechanical failure beyond your control yeah. off the end of the runway. Sounds a lot like you didn't manage your energy well. And, um, yeah. Or did yeah, something that's else. That's like exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although if you go off, I think. Not sure about runway nine if they have a um, EMATS. Um, EMATS. Yeah. Do, do they not have EMATS on? I thought they all the runways there. I don't think they do. There are a lot of places that don't have really? them on the end of every one, runway. Really? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think most of the places I fly don't have them. Hmm. Anyway, they should have so, where you fly, Liz. Thanks, Liz. Liz <laughs> just said they should have them where you fly, Jeff. Nope. Yeah, nope. Yeah. Nope. And I think they were missing a few uh few lights uh from the lighting system from that triple seven that took Still, off and they, yeah. yeah, but probably yeah, actually they probably that. repaired that. I'm sure they did. <laughs> that low uh Yeah, that yeah, low low uh, the gear and keep going. Departure. Then they continued to their destination, uh, didn't they? They mm-hmm. did. Yep. Yeah. Like nothing happened. The other thing I will say is I, I understand your uh attitude of um, you know, waiting for the engines to be shut down and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, in my very limited experience in like emergency situations, which is only the FAA training in their little airplane simulator, mm-hmm. uh, man, if I was sitting in that exit row and there was any fire or smoke in the cabin and the airplane was not moving, I would probably get out of the airplane as fast as I can to just try to avoid all I, the other I'm, I totally get it. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's human nature. You're sitting there and you see fire. As a, yeah. I'm with you. If I look, side. if I look out my window, no fire, look out the other window, right. lots of smoke. I'm yeah. And that's one of the, that's, also. that's a tough thing, Nick, because you know, we, you know, we're trained that, okay, we're going to do an emergency evacuation. We need to pull out the checklist. It's on the back page of the QRH, start right. running that checklist and do it deliberately, not slowly, but don't, don't try to rush through it so quickly that you're going to miss some steps. And that could be very you know, yep. step that you're going to miss could mm-hmm. be important, but you know, it's, it isn't toward the, until the, toward the very end of the checklist that command you shut down. shut down, well, you shut down the engine right. and then you command the evacuation. Right. So, uh, in this case, you're like, 
if if you know and somebody has you know somebody's let you know that people are actually already out the wings then you, you might want to maybe just skip to the part where you just shut, shut the, down engines the engines down. Yeah. Um, but is that, you know, is that because there's is that because there are bullet points, you know, higher up in that checklist where, if it's a non-engine critical emergency, you might be able to save the engines by going down through the check. I mean, uh, I don't think so. Like in a propeller airplane, mm-hmm. you just pull the mixtures, right? You're like the first thing we do is we pull the mixtures, and then you start going through everything else. But with the mixtures pulled, you know the engines are basically secured. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any reason you guys couldn't be like, all right, something terrible has happened. Let's shut off the engines. Well, we you know, you have to consider things like, you know, then, if you're going to, the, the PA system and the electrical system is, you know, uh, it, it, it should, um, even with the engine shut down, should still work from the cockpit to give, to make an announcement. But there, I'm sure mm-hmm. some considerations regarding systems that you want to make sure that you don't, okay. uh, you know, cut off something Lose. too early yeah. and then you can't really mm-hmm. uh, accomplish that step of the checklist. Yeah, to, your, to your earlier point there, Nick, though, about, you know, if you're the passenger sitting in that exit row at the door and, you know, all looks clear on your end and it's not looking so good on the other side and you're going to just get out. We talk about this and think about this a lot, actually, with skydiving operations, um, you know, and our, our, we go over this yearly and at various intervals with, with jumpers and people are going to be on the airplane that if there is an emergency, um, you know, they they should wait for instruction from the pilot. But I know that there are an awful lot of jumpers out there with a decent amount of experience that if there seems to be a problem, they're going to look at their altimeter and then they're probably going to open up the door and go because they'd rather be out of the airplane. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, totally. I think I've mentioned it before, but we have like that's a concern for us on the C-47 because when we get 20 guys in the airplane – Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we start having an issue close to the ground. If all of those guys move towards the door, the door in our airplanes at the very back. Yeah. And so you have, you could have, you know, CG issues and, and other things that become problems that weren't the initial problem. Sure. You know, and our, our concern is that some, our concern is that sometimes there are going to be things that people will perceive as emergencies that perhaps are not. And we want them to just mm-hmm. sit stay put for the moment um you know not so much that in the aircraft that i fly we're going to have big cg issues um but we don't want people to injure themselves unnecessarily either right by leaving when perhaps they could have stayed on the airplane the airplane that i fly uh your passengers don't leave in flight no okay not usually, <laughs> not usually. um the first step set the parking parking brake uh oh, emergency. then you uh, this is the evacuation, evacuation outflow valve um open uh, emergency power selector on, emergency light switch on. Because if it's dark, you know, you want to have those emergency lights on. Speed brake, lever, retract. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the speed brakes are up. Now, that should be something that we automatically do, but this is just to make sure that we co- accomplish that. Uh, the flap slat handle to 25, because that's the best position for those for flaps to be to slide off the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, notify the flight attendants. And I'm not going to mention exactly what we say there. Uh, then... Uh, Fuel switches are off, engine fire handles pull, fire agents if required discharge, APU fire control switch off an agent arm, APU fire agent switches if required the other bottle discharge, notify the flight attendants, this is the captain, evacuate, evacuate, advise the tower, and then turn the battery switch off, end of procedure. So, uh, you know, there are not a lot of steps in there, and so many of those probably would already have been completed, Completed, but this is just but a checklist to make sure you didn't forget something. You know, yeah. that, that's just the 717-specific uh, sure. checklist. And it's very similar on the uh, up. Mad Dog. 
What's that? We're coming up on half an hour. We're just oh, coming up on half wow. an hour with this one item. Okay, we got it. Yeah, we got to start. Uh, That's okay. I think this one was worth discussing. Yeah, it was. It was good. It's new no, no, I, I just letting you know. Just okay. Letting you know. Thank you, Liz. Um, all right. So uh, I think now, uh, I'm sure we'll probably follow up on this. Sure. I mean, we know some vague details of what happened here. Yeah. But why? Why did the? Why did the you know, gear was it hard? So hard that you fail, actually collapsed collapse. the. Main gear. It didn't seem that way. No. That one, it was. It seemed like there was something rattling more mm-hmm. more than normal uh, on the on the rollout, but not like it collapsed as soon as they touched down. So hard uh, hard to say from the video. Yeah, I think, but almost it, it almost sounded to me and looked to me with the vibrations that some it's something broke, mm-hmm. and it, uh, perhaps the shimmy damper. Could have been. Do you have your uh, shimmy damper oh. uh, document anywhere? I'm yeah. sure it's in my uh, <laughs> files here. I can look it up. Okay. And, well, you need um, to drink I need, some more. Beer. I need like 10 more of these <laughs> before I read that. Exactly. All right. Let's move on then. Um, second item. And by the way, uh, crew, we're going to try to, several of these we'll be able to get through really, really quickly because there's really not too much to talk about other than just talk about what, what the item is. Now, this one is going to probably take a little bit. Um, an Air Canada uh, E-190 and a uh, Canada Boeing 777-300 at Toronto on uh, March 7, 2020. Um, both aircraft My accelerated birthday. on the – Oh, is that your birthday, Liz? Wow. Yeah. Nice. Were you at the airport celebrating and watching this um, I was. I was in incident? the control tower. Were you? Okay. She was in the control tower, she said. Um, okay. Both aircraft accelerated on the same runway at the same time. Both aircraft rejected takeoff. So let me go into a little bit more detail here. Yeah, this that sounds from, awkward. Like they yeah. were both occupying the runway at yeah. the same time? Okay. What happened CTV there? News is the source of this. Two Air Canada planes came at risk of colliding uh, at Toronto Pearson after pilot misses a radio call. Well, uh, kind of. Yeah, sort of. Um, two, let's see. Uh, the Transportation Safety Board of Canada released a report on Tuesday into the March 2020 incident, which the board described as a runway incursion and risk of collision at Toronto Pearson. According to the TSB report, an Air Canada Embraer 190 was taking off from 6 left just before 9.50 a.m. The plane headed for Denver was carrying 83 passengers and four crew members. As the plane was taking off, a Air, uh, an Air Canada Boeing 777 was instructed to line up on the same runway. On board the plane, which was going to Halifax, were 345 passengers and 14 crew members. As the Embraer 190 was accelerating on its takeoff roll, it struck a bird. The flight crew initiated a rejected takeoff and made a radio call to report that they were rejecting the takeoff. The TSB said that the flight crew of the Boeing 777 and air traffic control missed the rejected takeoff call from the Embraer 190 because at the same time, the pilot of the Boeing 777 was reading back its own takeoff clearance on the same frequency. That's one of the problems Uh with radio communications. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're talking all at the same time. We'll we'll talk about this here in a a minute. I've got a lot to say about this. This is a frequent issue for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when two people talk over each other, sometimes it just basically negates everything and nobody hears a thing. Uh, The controller issued a takeoff clearance to the Boeing 777, unaware of the bird strike and the Embraer's uh, rejected takeoff. And then the Boeing 777 began to accelerate. Over the next 25 seconds, the controller turned his attention to the north end of the airport, the other side of the airport, where two aircraft were on approach for runway five. 
from his displays, he could see the Boeing 777 and the Embraer 190, but he saw no conflict at the time. According to the report, the Boeing 777 flight crew reached a maximum speed of 231 kilometers per hour, which uh, is about 125 knots, before noticing the other plane in front of it. And then they rejected the takeoff, hmm. self-initiated, that's, rejected takeoff. That's not very, terribly slow. No, it's not slow. It's in the high-speed realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was great essay on their Oh, part for sure. Yeah. Because they didn't hear the call. And they saw the it. Guy was they rejected. had their eyes down the runway. Exactly. The controller confirmed the rejected takeoff with the flight crew, still unaware of the Embraer 190's presence on the runway, waited to provide further assistance to the Boeing 777. After searching the expected position of the Embraer 190 in the air at the departure end of the runway, the controller saw the Embraer 190 on the runway and realized that it had also conducted a rejected takeoff. There were no injuries or damage to either aircraft during the incident. Uh, The investigation found that the Embraer 190's transponder transmitted that the aircraft was in the air after the aircraft accelerated past 50 knots. As a result... Although compliant with current standards, an inaccurate in-air status was transmitted while the aircraft remained on the ground during its takeoff roll and rejected takeoff. Now, actually, I think it has more to do with this system here. Uh, The use of this data by NAV Canada's Runway Incursion Monitoring and Conflict Alert Subsystem, RIMCAS, led to the inaccurate identification of the Embraer 190 and the Boeing 777 as in-air, while these two aircraft were both still on the ground. This resulted in late and inaccurate RIMCAS alerts and delayed the air traffic controller's response to the risk of collision. Now, I was reading another report um, that kind of went into a lot more detail here. And I what I got from it was it wasn't really the, the equipment in the airplanes that the problem. It it's was the receiving. This, yes, it was a things. system that's supposed to. Mm-hmm. And it, you have it's to taking all it. this data and it's trying to give useful information like, oh, okay, this aircraft reached 50 knots there so in probably flight. in flight. Yeah. But, but it, it was not. Yeah. Neither one were. No. Because the other he, aircraft rejected fairly high speed as yeah. well, if I think. Yeah. Uh, if I remember so correctly. that one also indicated that they In were flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the controller, because his head is not pointed in that direction, is pointed this way, mm-hmm. um, doesn't see that. And he's in, on his displays showing that they're both airborne. So it's not a, there's no conflict here. And then finally realizing, oh, wait a minute. Both of those airplanes are still on the runway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was a great, uh, I mean, not great a Great situational situation. awareness by the 777 yes. crew Very to realize that oh, so. there is something in front of us that should not be there. We cannot continue down the runway. Right. Jeff, you know the Aviation Herald article is below that CTV article. Yeah, I do know that, Liz. Thank you. Okay. In fact, I kind of swapped yeah. the position of two because this one okay. was a little bit better at describing what happened sure. and then the uh, Aviation Herald. Yeah, we'll, we'll put the uh, both of these in the show notes. Um, the Aviation right. Herald article goes into much more detail, detail. about this right. whole thing. Yeah. Um, going back to congested frequencies and mm-hmm. stepping on other people, um, something we've been trying to work on and we've run into several roadblocks, even though there are ways to, to change things. Um, the airport where I fly, the CTAF, the common traffic advisory frequency is a very commonly used one. There's it's several, a very common. Traffic. Oh, it's, it's very common. So across the, <laughs> across this country, yeah, it's very common. Um, it's an exceptionally common. And um, when you're at low altitude, you know, if you're in the airport environment, you know, on, 
in the pattern, you know, approaching for landing, have just departed. Um, typically, you're only hearing that airport or traffic calls for that airport and maybe one or two others in the vicinity, and it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that we are making trying to make calls at 14,000 feet um, to let local traffic know that we're going to have jumpers in the air. Mm-hmm. Please don't overfly the field. Um, but when you're at 14,000 feet, you're able to hear and listen in on quite a bigger area of the country. So you can hear everything from Florida to Virginia to Tennessee. Oh, wow. To, oh, it's hundreds of miles. At that low. Hundreds of miles. Wow. And it's not so much a problem because we know when we transmit, it's only going to be the local folks hearing us. Mm -hmm. We just have no idea what's being said locally. So I don't know if I'm stepping on someone who needs to hear that information. Mm. Um, So that's kind of frustrating. And we've been working on. Because that's also dependent on uh, transmit power, right? Like different radios have different transmit power, like wattage. And so you might have a radio that's whatever, a 10 watt radio or something. And you're transmitting 100 miles. And like you said, some little guy in a tiny airplane may have a handheld that's a two watt transmitter. And so his is not making it back to you. Not picking it up. Exactly. Um, so, you know, our thought is it'd be better to be on a less common, um, common traffic advisory frequency. An uncommon. An uncommon. Because <laughs> there are some that are a lot less commonly used. And yep. there are procedures to change it. It doesn't seem difficult. Um, it's just not entirely within our power to do that. So we've run into um, roadblocks and um, basically just, hmm, not my problem. Why do you want to change it? Oh, kind right. of a, yeah. Kind of passing the buck kind of thing. A little bit. Yep. So very frustrating. And I, I, I can completely see how this situation occurred. Um, I mean, anyone who flies regularly and tries to, um, to get a word in edgewise, sometimes on busy frequencies, you know, you're, it's, it's not uncommon to step on someone else or, uh, you think maybe that call was for you, except you couldn't hear it because someone else was talking on the frequency at the same time. So that happens. Yeah. Brad Brad Nunn's got a comment. Yeah, here. Brad's mentioning the fifty knot thing, uh, and I was just going to mention that's kind of just a like a logic thing in the way that those systems work, right? Like you just need a threshold. All it is is a threshold. Yeah. Um, so maybe it needs to just be a much so, higher threshold. Well, but what you don't want is an airplane, you know, coming in on final at approach speed or something to show up as a ground ground either. That's true. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, one of those things and it's, there's different ways to do it. I was just looking up real quick, my trans, so my transponder, um, it can use uh, GPS ground speed recognition because all these ADSB transponders now are utilizing GPS position sources, right? So they're smart enough to sense GPS ground speed. So they know how fast the airplane's moving. Um, Mine has air data, airspeed recognition. So like I've got it hooked up to an EFIS so I can get air data um, or a squat switch. So like obviously the best way to do it is to have it attached to a physical squat switch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not always um, practical, reasonable, Achievable. practical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, in, for yeah. little airplanes, a lot of little airplanes don't have squat switches. Right. So no. The so air transport have, category, though, we all do. I mean, you know, right. our, our ACAR system, you know, won't show us off until we are in air and the ground shift mechanism has indicated that we are in the air. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in the There's room a- above <laughs> us, but uh, it's shaking the, the light chandelier. <laughs> yeah. A little rattle, okay. rattling going on. Yeah. But that, it's early, guys. I would think- it's early still. <laughs> Settle down. Uh, I, I would definitely think, in especially some of the newer systems that are like all glass, like you're flying, uh, 
Captain Jeff, I would think mm-hmm. it'd be super easy to just tap into the logic of the uh, airplane system. Yeah, we'd think so. Because it's going to be able to look at everything, right? It's going to look at the squat switch and say the squat switch is down. It's going to have cross checks with other sensors that will be able to tell if the squat switch is malfunctioning and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way to to fix this and make it better. And I think that's what they're going to work on based yeah. on this incident. As you know, I said, they went it's one of those things where you don't know what your limitations are with it until you have something like this happen and go, oh. Um, I was going to say, t- yeah. 10 years ago, this didn't exist, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. This wouldn't have been an issue because we didn't have the system. <laughs> right. It might still have been an issue because you would have, they wouldn't have heard the radio call, but perhaps the controller right. would have had their, uh, you know, either the separation minimum would have, be, would have been different because they didn't have that technology to help guide them or more eyes out the window to see what's actually happening. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess that was one thing I was a little unclear about. You know, there's, um, I guess, Captain Jeff, you may know this the best, but there's runway separation requirements for different sizes of airplanes. And so like for little airplanes, it's 3,000 feet. You got to have 3,000 feet between airplanes on runways. And so generally, at most of these airports, I would think, with a bigger airplane, it's probably going to be the full length of the runway. So I was a little surprised that the triple seven started rolling with another airplane on the runway. Is that just a, I think maybe they thought just the aircraft where, was off the runway, like yeah. in air already. Like they're, they just, they're just heads down and they get yeah. to, Okay. That's what I think happened here. But in, a, in an airport like Atlanta, they're uh-huh. very good at, they can um, give us a, a release for a clearance for takeoff based on when they think by the time we're actually rolling where that uh, airplane ahead of us will be, will be, but it's not uncommon for us to receive a takeoff clearance and actually start our roll with an airplane that's still on, on the runway. runway and just about to rotate. Yeah. It's like, Whoa, it's like kind of reminds me of my military <laughs> days doing like section takeoffs. Uh, and, and you have to yep. really be, you know, you have to really be aware of what's going on with that airplane yeah. ahead of you, because if they reject the takeoff, you reject it's takeoff. going to be, it's yeah. going to be a mess, yeah. big mess. Um, so, uh, you know, again, uh, great, uh, essay on the, uh, triple seven crew. And, uh, now this situation, would you put that, um, graphic back up Liz on the, uh, on the video, uh, of the airport, the airport diagram there, um, I'm kind of wondering why. Uh oh. Dang it. There we go. I guess we kind of left you there for a moment, didn't I? Yeah. Didn't we? We're yeah, back. back. I think. Back. Okay. Back. Okay. <laughs> uh, again, we did a speed test. The internet speeds are really good here, uh, except they'll just drop out every, every once in a while. while. You get this, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the in this depiction here, the runways to the right side of the frame, the the lower right. That, uh, that that was the uh, the six I think it was six left six left I'm pretty that sure. they used for uh, for for the departure runway and then after he thought that everything was all hunky dory over there he turns around and looks to the other direction and this image in the north the the left uh, upper left hand corner that's runway five and the approaches that are coming in for landing on that runway and I almost wonder you know if that might be one of those kind of situations where maybe they'd have a couple different controller positions, like a controller well, dedicated the, to the. Jeff, yes, Liz. I've I've got a comment on that. This was March 2020, and I think the pandemic was just happening. And I oh. have the feeling they usually do have two controllers handling oh. uh, those things. I think it was because they 
I, I don't know. I just sort of wondered that myself, and mm-hmm. I just wondered if that was a case. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something that could this be. Was, uh, this was before the pandemic. No, it was March right? 20. Well, it was March 20, and, and I think that by then. March, March, March 7th. And, I thought the pandemic. Eh. Yeah. It's, I thought it started early. like in the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, can, I mean, I can tell you, I know exactly those weekends. The, the first weekend of March, I was in Atlanta. And that was the first weekend anyone was wearing masks in the airport. Um, and then two weekends later, I was in New York City. And they canceled the race I was supposed to be doing. And that was the last weekend. I remember things like being pre-pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. going out to restaurants and not. But even then, it was still kind of like, oh, wash your hands. Here's some sanitizer. Let's squirt yeah. it at you. Um, but I don't remember things being very poorly staffed or a lot of people being mm-hmm. out at that point. That was March 15th, 16th. So maybe, well, maybe not. I don't know. I bet I'll bet that uh, as a result of this occurrence and the investigation, they probably made some tweaks to the algorithms of this RimCast system so that it doesn't give them some false information. And they probably uh, the RimShot system. That's a <laughs> RimCast. That's an entirely okay. different system list. Um, and what else was I going to say? Oh, and maybe they've adjusted staffing levels so that you know something like this may not happen. Or pre- yeah. I'm sure know. they've adjusted a lot of things. Yeah. Speaking of adjusting. Yeah. Um, let's um, look at this next one. Um, British Airways. Oh, this is interesting. A British Airways. This is from uh, Aviation Herald. Uh, a British Airways Airbus A380-800 registration Golf X-Ray Lima Echo Quebec, uh, not Quebec, uh, Kilo, thank you, performing. I, every time I do that, I start reading these letters. I'm thinking, I'm going to mess this up. <laughs> and I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. <laughs> what? Are we frozen? Oh, shoot. No. 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 no okay. All right. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, from London Heathrow to Washington Dulles was en route near in the end of the flight when a continuous waterfall developed on board. Wow. This airplane has, <laughs> has a water feature. A water feature. Uh, near the, nearing the end of the flight when a continuous waterfall developed on board, Big pouring waterfall. from the upper deck into the lower deck. <laughs> they're always... They're always... <laughs> those uh, upper deck folks. Yeah, the upper deck people are always messing with those lower deck people. The flight crew... But was it blue water? ...continued the flight for a safe landing in Washington while cabin crew were trying to control the water and mopped the floors. The aircraft landed safely on Washington's runway one right. The airline reported a faulty valve at the clean water supply, not the blue water supply list. Uh, potable water? Uh, yes, the potable water supply, yes, uh, was fixed upon arrival in the U.S. The aircraft remained on the ground for about five hours and 20 minutes, then departed for a return flight with a delay of about four hours. Here's a... That's a pretty good waterfall. Yeah. Did you show the picture there, Liz, for the... Yes, people. sir. It's up there yeah. now. Okay. We oh, can't tell because our screen froze. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, it's up. Okay. Yeah, it's up right Thanks. now. Oh, it did it again? It hasn't moved from when I pointed it out. Oh, man. What's going on? This is no good. And while we're kind of pausing for a technical glitch, uh, I was thinking Brad, Brad could have been here. He's probably in, uh, you know, he's Brad's He's probably in, in Cancun. Charlotte. Or yeah, maybe he's not. Maybe he's on a layover somewhere. <laughs> but if know. he was he's, here. Yeah. He, uh, he could have been our live audience. I know. We he could should have been have sitting like here. on the other side of what our table thinking? here and like, you know, All cheering. Right. and Next time, Brad. Yeah. Applauding. We'll... Bringing us free beer. Mm-hmm. That That's a requirement if you're going to be in the live audience. Yeah, that is true. That is definitely a requirement. <laughs> Maybe some food, some snacks. Yeah. Actually, I have snacks in my car. I you do? Get some snacks. Oh, that's right. We don't I meant to bring them in and I was just rushing. Sorry. Yeah. 
Okay, so what do we do about this thing over here that's... Uh, um, okay, let me do this. Yeah. And, I don't know. Uh, go over while, you're, while you're working at it, though, do you right. need a beverage refresh, too? Um, no, I still have like two-thirds of this left because I've been yakking and not drinking. Mm. Um, sorry, buddy. You know how the technical things go. Um, let's see. Uh, maybe we should just stop using that as an extra screen over there and just, uh, yeah, that's what I, I'm going to do. I'm going to go get a uh, drink real quick while you're sorting this out. Not approved. <laughs> oh, okay, go ahead. I'm letting my dog out. I'll be right back. <laughs> Everybody's leaving. Everybody's bail. Hey, everybody in the live audience, why don't you leave too? I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Nick's leaving. Liz is leaving. Jeez. I know. I wish that I could carry like a very large display with me everywhere I go, but you can't hack into some of these TVs and the I can sometimes. Usually, you can connect yeah. an HDMI, but we'd have to turn everything around and point. But that probably would actually would've... that would have been that would have worked. We could have sat. Yeah. Like, well. <laughs> That would have been better, is what Steph was about to say. There. <laughs> no, I just said that it would have worked. Thank you. It's an option. It's always helpful to get advice. <laughs> would have been better, but <laughs> yeah, if you were if you were you know using any of your brain cells, Jeff, you probably would have thought. Sorry, if I was using my brain cells, I would have brought the food in too because I'm kind of hungry. Um, Brad, Brad is saying count him in next time. Okay. All right. Um, shall do, shall do. We will definitely do that. Okay. Anyway, uh, interesting incident with that uh, 380. That's enough of that. Um, continuing, um, let's see. Is uh, Nick still gone? Nope, he's back. Um, D, preliminary report, aircraft uh, accident, American A321 at New York. Oh, okay, you remember we talked about this. Uh, this happened oh, in April of 2019. Uh, wings tip strike and collision with runway sign during departure. Uh, they were just to kind of give you a brief synopsis. They were taking off from runway three, one left, which is the longest runway at Kennedy. Um, and I think it's probably the widest one. I think it's probably 200 feet wide. I'm guessing, I think, uh, it's, it's a pretty big runway. Uh, when the aircraft veered left, causing the left wing to collide with a runway sign, uh, the aircraft climbed out at flight level two zero zero. The crew decided to stop the climb and return to Kennedy advising air traffic control that they had encountered a strong roll to the left during departure and wanted to return. Um, the leading edge near the left wing tip showed two large dents. So let's fast forward to um, a, I think it's a preliminary, mm. yeah, preliminary report on, um, let's see, the NTSB opened an investigation into the occurrence rated an accident, but did not travel onto the scene of the accident. Okay. Oh, this is what they've done here. June 14th released their investigation docket. Okay. So it's not really, um, not really technically a preliminary report. They're working on it and they've released, I think it's part of the process of the NTSB has to go through to release these, this, these pieces of factual information regarding this incident. And so they don't come to any conclusions here. And, and actually when I read this, I'm thinking, well, I still don't really understand what happened here. Uh, but we have a little bit more detail about the event. Um, the flight crew stated um, that American Airlines had recently created new flows for the pushback and taxi phases of flight. This happens all the time. 
right, Brad? Um, <laughs> if somebody gets into uh, what we say uh, at Acme, the fourth floor, and they have to make a name for themselves, so they have to change. I have to do something. Everything. And, Look at uh, these new flows I created. Like, you know, you fly the 727. It's been flying since the 60s, right. and like you're in the 90s, and they're creating a whole new flow and checklist and everything but else. You have do. a better way to do it. Exactly. You got a better way to do it. Anyway, uh, so they have some new uh, flows. Captain reported that during the pushback, he queried the FO about the trim settings, to which the uh, FO reported that those were to be done later, according to the latest guidance by the airline. Uh, no, 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 Captain. Uh, the crew selected the flaps to one, taxied to runway 31 left, held short of the runway at taxiway Kilo Echo. The captain stated the taxi was exactly the way he had done it before. He further provided that the time from brake release after pushback until they were applying power for takeoff was approximately 15 minutes. However, he further stated he did not feel rushed. There were two other airplanes that departed before the accident flight uh, was cleared to line up and wait. The captain taxied the airplane onto the runway. The FO noted the windsock reported that they were legal to depart with the wind component. The captain recalled that the windsock indicated the wind was different than what the ATIS had reported, and the FO reported that the windsock was a little stiffer than what was reported. Mm. That's what she, what said. she said. Once the flight was cleared for takeoff, the captain reported that when going down the runway with a right crosswind, he applied left rudder. Huh? Okay, so you're, you have the wind coming from right to left. The airplane's going to want a weather vane uh, into the wind, so you have to compensate by applying opposite rudder. So that's what he did. Uh, he was applying left rudder to keep the airplane near the center line. Uh, and at 80 knots, everything was okay. Sometime between V1 and 150 knots and the rotation speed of 156, uh, the airplane made a significant turn to the left. The captain then stated that he was looking at the runway edge and he knew he had to get the airplane in the air. He rotated the airplane and it began to roll to the left. He added right rudder and right aileron to try to upright the airplane, and he recalled saying out loud such, something such as, it's turning. The captain recalled hearing the dual input audible alert when the FO applied side stick input, which was the only alert he recalled. The FO re- you want that graph up, Jeff. Do okay, I'll let you know, Liz. Okay. Uh, the FO reported that when he announced rotate, he looked up from the airspeed display and noticed that the airplane was pointed about 30 degrees to the left of the runway heading. That's significant. That's a lot. Yeah. And was banking approximately 30 degrees. Also a lot. A lot. And described it as rolling hard and thought the airplane was going to roll over. He recalled that after the captain stated, I can't control it, he grabbed his side stick controller. This is the FO. Applied right aileron and back pressure, and the airplane began to climb. The captain of the flight then that departed right after the accident flight reported that there was a 10 to 15 knot crosswind coming from right to left. The flight was cleared to line up and wait. The captain recalled seeing the American Airlines flight significantly to the left of the center line uh, after it became airborne. However, they did not see the accident flight rotate. During the departure roll, their airplane was able to maintain center line of the runway. So I guess the airplane behind them didn't have any issues. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't, th- you know, really. 10, 10 to 15, 15 knots. knots. No. That's not, it's not a lot. No. So something's not right. Here. Right. Uh, the flight attendants on the accident flight reported that the taxi out in the beginning of the takeoff was normal. Most of the flight attendants stated that once the airplane had lifted off, it veered to the left or out of control. Several flight attendants reported that there was a significant abnormal aircraft attitude and adjustments. They further reported that they had not felt any impact forces. Once the airplane was climbing out, the captain called for the gear to be retracted, and he moved the controls, and the airplane was flying as if nothing happened. 
The captain hand flew the aircraft until passing 10,000 feet as he was determining that the airplane was operating properly, which he deemed it was. Right. The captain hand flew the airplane until passing 10,000 feet as he was determining that the airplane was operating properly, which he deemed it was. I did read that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cabin crew contacted the flight deck to ask what had happened, and the captain informed them that he would uh, get back to them. Yes, that's exactly hey, hey, what they said. Hey, y'all, y'all good? Yeah. What, what, y'all, what do you, it, you guys y'all okay? okay? Doing okay. drugs? Do what are you doing? Up there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the captain reported that at some point the FO stated that the flight should return to the to Kennedy. Having not considered that at the time, the captain determined after conducting a self-assessment that he may not be fit for duty uh, following the experience and commanded the FO to get a vector back to JFK. In other words, he had to go clean out his pants probably. Mm-hmm. Once the flight received an initial heading back to Kennedy, the captain transferred control of the airplane to the FO. Then the captain coordinated with the company and informed the flight attendants of the return. One of the flight attendants informed the captain that a passenger informed them of what appeared to be a dent in the wing. The captain then made an announcement to passengers that they were returning to the airport. The flight data recorder specialist report contains flight data recorder graphs. And so, Liz, you can go ahead and put that, that up a now. Q, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and it was also reading the report or re- re- reading the uh, article from uh, Aviation Herald. Now, I know we're not going to glean a lot of information from this, and Steph's not going to glean any because she can't see it. So here. Um, <laughs> I, there, I heard there's a graph. There is a graph. Okay. Oh, there it is. And uh, so it's a typical flight data recorder uh, trace of all the different controls and positions of side sticks and rudders and everything else. And, uh, of course, you, you you usually look for, like, big mm-hmm. movements here. And, and uh, you know, one significant one is – and I, I, I it's no so idea, small. Uh, right now what we're looking at, it's hard to, hard to determine exactly what that is. But, obviously, uh, it, it basically sort of matches the – kind of that narrative we were just reading about the – what inputs they were making and, and everything else. And I, I, I really studied this for quite some time, trying to figure out – what the heck was going on here and um or maybe they were fighting each other or maybe the captain instead of putting in left rudder accidentally put in right rudder which would have you know not been the right thing to do if you have a right to left crosswind bubble but no i didn't see any of that so um again this is just a docket uh, that they've released and they haven't drawn any conclusions on this but and there's a picture of the left wing tip with the significant dent uh, after hitting the uh, uh, sign on the side of the runway. And again, this is not a narrow runway. It's quite a wide runway. That wingspan is 112 feet. Is it? Okay. How'd you know that? Google. Oh, very good. So as, lo- as long as Google's correct, that's yeah. what it is. So that's like, so that's about, um, what, 60? No, not even that. 55 feet, 55 to 60 feet on either, on either side, side of yeah. the center line. Mm-hmm. And the runway is at least 150. Did you ever figure out was it 200 uh, feet? I, you know, I didn't look at that. You okay. just said it was, so I just I th- I th- took I'm, that at face value. It, here, I could probably do this. Uh, using this as a screen anymore. Uh, oh, man. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do have now? it right here, too. I just, you know. What's wrong know. with you, Camacho? 200 feet. I got yeah. that faster. Thank you. Just seems a little spicy with all the other issues you guys are having for you to start 
start uh, oh, don't, dealing with different it's devices. Running. Over this is already running. It's already <laughs> running, and it's separate from the whole it's system now. Right? That had to be disconnected. It disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Fair that enough. was issues, but that's fine. Yeah, it is actually. Uh, it's a very long run. Of course, they were probably fourteen thousand five hundred eleven. It depends on where. The, what do they say? They used uh, Kilo Alpha for uh, or Echo. I forgot what the report said, but usually when we're t- using three one left for takeoff, we usually start right around in this area. Although sometimes we do go all the way down here to the end and use mm-hmm. the full fourteen thousand foot length. Um, I think well, no, fourteen thousand like feet's a lot longer for him to go off the side of the runway than if it were just like a seven or eight thousand foot runway. Right, right. A lot, a lot less time to exit the runway. And it was right around the eighty knot speed that all this happened. Hmm. That's very slow. Yeah. I don't know what happened. It's weird. I don't know. They don't have any other information as to what the... I, they don't have any interpretation of the... Not yet. The no. Graph. The graph. I, no. Yeah, what I thought was weird is they made that one comment about trim, where the captain asked about the trim, and the FO yes. was like, we get to that later. Yeah. Makes you think that the trim was again. set was never set or was set incorrectly. But what trim are we talking about are here? Are talking about rudder because trim? Because it's an Airbus. I don't know. Maybe it's rudder trim. Because if the rudder trim is set incorrectly in the caravan I fly, it's noticeable on takeoff roll. Yeah, absolutely. Right away. (laughs) There was a 737 that took off out of uh, LaGuardia, uh, U.S. Air, Mm -hmm. that uh, the rudder trim was like almost completely full. I think it was full left left inflection. And uh, at a certain point when the rudder started becoming Uh effective, it became effective mm-hmm. in a, not a good way. No. <laughs> yeah. And they ended that up happened. crashing. Yeah. So yep. that's the only, I mean, it almost is hinting that direction. I agree with you, Nick. So I'm wondering if uh, a potential Charlotte audience member. <laughs> you go down here. It's a good comment, actually. Could have been Captain White making a PA during rotation. It could, yeah, it could have been Brad. <laughs> that darn Captain White. He's always just, you know, his timing is poor. Yeah. Poor timing. Uh, I was going to ask Brad. I mean, he's in our live audience. He is an Airbus operator. And uh, perhaps, I don't know, we'll get back with Brad. He's, mm-hmm. gonna, he's going to uh, review this. Um, he's going to be our expert. Uh, this uh, this graph. Go to Aviation Herald and look this up. <laughs> and maybe you can make heads or tails out of it, but I couldn't. You know, if Nick, uh, Captain Nick was with us, maybe. He probably would have something more have, intelligent to say. Yeah, but we don't. Jeff, Brad, not, Brad Nunn has a great comment here. What is that? It says, oh, we are. Yeah, we just said that. Oh, you oh, just came. Oh, you must sorry. have been gone or something. We, sorry, we, uh, I was gone. Yeah. we covered it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Loved it. Okay. All right. Well, again, just some information out there. No conclusions yet. I'll be interested to see. What happened here? Was it a, was a, was it a pilot error, input error, or was it something mechanical, wrong, or some freak of nature, super high speed <laughs> crosswind that, that made the airplane do this? Volcano. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a volcano. Locusts. Okay, Liz, that's you're pushing it now. I plague. think <laughs> the plague. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's got to be it. A pandemic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe a different kind of pandemic. Oh, anyway, let's continue uh, with this. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a good one, Liz. I'm glad you found it. Um, again, uh, from the Aviation Herald. Uh, an <laughs> e- one hour. Wow, I can't believe we were going we're, for an hour. <laughs> we're we're laughing already because we're reading it. And uh, dear listeners, you will know why we're laughing here in just a moment. An EasyJet Airbus A320-200 registration Golf Echo Zulu Tango Kilo. Nailed it. Performing flight 6938 from Her. 
Heraklion, 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 Greece, to Edinburgh, South Carolina. <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> South Scotland was nearing Edinburgh when the. Uh, I wonder if there is an Edinburgh in this. You know, Google can tell us that. Too. Okay, let's find that. Okay, there's one in Pennsylvania. There's one in Pennsylvania, but uh, if there's one in South Carolina, then I'm going to go. It'll be redeemed. Could be. Uh, was nearing Edinburgh when the captain left the cockpit for the toilet, but did not return. <laughs> on descent <laughs> through about uh, flight level 160 into Edinburgh, the first officer declared an emergency and continued for a safe landing on Edinburgh's running, runway 24. The airline reported the first officer requested an immediate landing due to the captain's ill health during the approach to Edinburgh. Parad- paramedics met the captain after landing. But again, he, he did not return. Passengers reported. Passengers. The captain went to the toilet, but, but did, did not, not return. return. <laughs> did not return. It was yeah. mentioned several times. Yes. Poor, poor captain. And that's all we have on this one. Yep. I, I hope his GI distress has um, resolved. I hope he returned. Could have been a, what did they say? Had a, a, a an, an amazing curry the night before? I mean, maybe. Maybe right before maybe. the flight? There is not an Edinburgh. Uh, South well, Carolina. Or he had the fish. Indiana. Or he, yeah. Good had point. the fish. Mm-hmm. He may have had the fish. All right. And then it kind of ties in with our last episode title, APG and the number two hole. It does. We should have read this one last week. <laughs> yes, we should have. <laughs> um, all right. Um, this is an interesting one. I think we have some video, a couple of videos, actually. Uh, uh, let's see. Where is this from uh, several sources? But oh, I saw this, yeah. Znews.india.com. Okay. Um, Spicejet Spice Jet Airlines flight taking off from Panta? Patna? Uh, Patna. Patna, that's it. Okay. Do you, have you heard of that before? Patna? No. Oh, okay. Um, it's Delhi Patna. Oh, Delhi Patna. So it's probably like London Luton or London... Uh, you know, Stansted, Stansted, uh, someplace not really in, you know, Delhi. Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, shortly after takeoff, it suffered a mid-air engine fire, as seen in the video shot by some passengers. The left engine of the Boeing seven three seven aircraft caught fire shortly after the takeoff. Later, made an emergency landing at the Patna airport with just one of its engines being operational. Um, okay, yeah, let's see the Charan Aurora. Thank you, because I was just not even going to try that one. SpiceJet's chief of flight operations conveyed that the pilots handled the situation really well. Um, and then, sure enough, right here, a quote. Pilots handled the situation well. Mm-hmm. Only a single engine was functioning when the plane landed back. Engineers inspected the aircraft. It was confirmed that the fan blade and engine were damaged as a bird strike or bird hit it. Uh, the DGCA will probe further. Mm. Um, the pilot... Uh, was Captain Monica Kana, who was the pilot in command of the Spice Jet Limited Flight 723. As per reports, since the flight suffered engine failure during the takeoff, it was loaded with fuel and landed. Landing a fully fueled aircraft safely is challenging for any pilot. And that is uh, true. So, hey, let me, um, I mentioned that we have some videos. 
Patna's be kinda... 800 miles from Delhi. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so it was a Patna to Delhi flight then. I was gonna, that's what I was just yeah, going to say. Patna so it's a, the flight was from, yes. yeah. Yes. I just looked it up and I was like, holy cow, that's a long way to name It's your, 800 yeah. miles. Yeah. We, we were wrong about the whole <laughs> Sorry, London loop. So the way, the way it was written in the article, it just had, it was like hyphenated. Yeah. So it made it seem like it was. But I guess they meant it was from there to there. So anyone who's in India and listening to yeah. this is going, Sorry. you guys are idiots. Yeah, well, we are. You don't That's know true. any <laughs> geography related to India. I've never heard of it. Correction. Eight, eight, 855 kilometers. Oh, 855 kilometers. How many that in so miles? Long? Yeah, what is that in statute miles? <laughs> you know, we don't do Staff. metric. 400. Is that like 400? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, something Google like that. knows. Uh, let's see. Where is that? Uh, 531. 531 miles. Perfect. Where is it? Oh, Not shoot. There. I, I, thought, it. I thought I had a video on this. <laughs> Look, even even in right here, see? Mm-hmm. There's a picture. video. There is a video. I have a picture. Yeah, you got a picture. Thanks. Throw the picture up there. I got the picture. <laughs> she did. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can see the... Uh, uh, the flames and That's a lot of fire shooting out from the left engine. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a shame because, um, you know, hang on, let me see if I can find it. And, uh, the thing that I used to download the videos, maybe it just made it to a different, um, folder. No, I don't see it. Hmm. That was probably one of those things on my list of things to do. And you thought you did it? I thought I did it, but I didn't. Anyway, we're going to have this in the show notes. You can click on the video links from YouTube on uh, some some really good video of the airplane uh, as it took off and then the showering, the sparks showering from the left engine. And it also has a a shot of the uh, blades, the fan blades. I think Mm. three fan blades were pretty seriously or significantly impacted by the bird uh i understand that the bird did not survive yeah r.i.p bird <laughs> yes r.i.p bird anyway very cool uh cap uh, there's a, a picture of uh captain uh monica, monica mm-hmm. and uh, i think she has something to do with fashion and stuff too and i'm not making that up i'm, I'm not making a joke but uh mm-hmm. anyway highly highly regarded captain mm-hmm. so that's cool okay well uh, we'll move on. We talked about this in the past uh, regarding the Antonov uh, Mira, uh, the the number, the one that was actually built and flying, and how it got damaged by the Russian yeah, uh, military destroyed. and yeah, pretty much destroyed. Um, this is from uh, is it Aerotime? Uh, yeah, Aerotime dot Aero dot Aero. And it's part one of uh, this interview with uh, pilot Dmitro Antonov. By the way, no, no relation, relation to Antonov. Just common name in the Ukraine. Apparently, it's okay. a common name. Uh, uh, on Hostomel, the, the airport where the, uh, uh, where the Antonov 225 was uh, based, and uh, the second Antonov 225. And uh, it's a great article talking about the fact that they do intend to build the second one, build out finish the second one. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know pretty. It was kind of started. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what percentage. Mm-hmm. I think they may mention it in the article about about what percentage of the aircraft had been constructed, but uh, they're uh, 
they're very confident uh, with the proper funding that they'll be able to build Who's out this 225. Of, of Ukraine with yep. this model. There is uh, the Ukrainian president, president and uh, he is Zelensky, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, holding the uh, the model of the uh, AN-225. So that's going to be, I just know for sure, this is going to happen. Yeah. I think this, is such a, this is such an iconic airplane. It is. You know? a morale, morale booster. Yeah. It is a morale booster. So uh, we look forward to uh, following the progress of this. They said they can't even talk about where this airplane is located because they're fearing. Oh, sure. I'm sure they're the going to go, oh, yeah? Top you got secret, another one? Top secret under yeah. wraps. We'll blow that one up, too. But, yeah, I hope they do. Blow it up? No, I hope they build it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. That's kind of rude. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, oh, this is sad. A woman stole the identity of a dead baby to become a private nice. jet flight attendant and swindle one and a half million dollars in pandemic relief funds. Uh, she, uh, Ava Misseldine, uh, 49 years old of Columbus, Ohio. Oh, uh, Columbus. There you have it. Well, oh, there you go. There do good folk from we know Columbus, some Ohio. From Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Uh, she faces uh, the threat of spending 30 years in prison for stealing the identity of a deceased baby so that she could become a private jet flight attendant and swindle the U.S. government out of $1.5 million in fraudulent paycheck protection program loans during the pandemic. Uh, so a baby that died in 1979 and is buried in a Columbus grave, she took the identity, or assumed the identity of this baby. And uh, in 2003, and then used it for the next 13 years until an investigation was launched last year. The deceased baby's identity was also used by her to obtain a passport and a student pilot license and even gain admission into the Ohio State University. They missed it. They didn't put the. They did not the, put the. the. Yeah. Uh, Dine had been charged with aggra- aggravated identity theft. Passport fraud, social security number fraud, and fraud in connection with an emergency. According to court documents, the fraud allegedly began in 2003 when she initially used the deceased baby's identity to acquire an Ohio ID before getting a fraudulent social security card and driver's license. Four years later, she applied for a passport in the name of the deceased baby, claiming she needed the travel document to work international assignments as a flight attendant with a private jet charter airline, Jet Select. Misseldine had already duped the airline into employing her under the fake identity. You remember we talked about another instance of. There was an, I, I think I was just having a deja vu to this other one. The, yeah. yeah, the one that Do was. Do you remember his name? Get- uh, Ricardo Cesar Guedes. 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 Don't know how to pronounce. Yeah. Portuguese names. Um. Yes, I was remembering that one. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's just a lot of deja vu there. But that was so that he could work in the U.S. This person already lives in the U.S. I think so. I'm I don't. Confused. I don't think Maybe it was. She had a bad criminal record. Or yeah, something. she may. Have, she may have had a bad criminal record, Maybe Liz. She I don't know. Up with the luggage fraud guy. And- oh, could be the. Yeah. Who knows? Um. Anyway, uh, during the pandemic, (laughs) it gets worse. Uh, She uh, is alleged to have taken criminal advantage of pandemic relief schemes by using both her real and fake identities (laughs) to apply for fraudulent PPP program or the Paycheck Protection Program loans for bakeries that she no longer owned. Okay, (laughs) Uh, She is accused of using the money to buy a new zone. I guess, what do they call those? A commercial... 
Development Zone or something like that next to Zion National Park in Utah for $647,500. Wow. A lot of money. Pricey. Mm -hmm. She bought a second home for $327,500 in Michigan with the remainder of the loans. Yeah, she's into real estate. Yeah. Real estate investing, really. Yeah. It is. Anyway, so I think (laughs) that, um, you know, we mentioned the other flight attendant that worked for several decades under the fake identity. And then when he went to renew his passport in late 2020, the passport office became suspicious and opened an investigation which revealed his real identity. And I think that. In a, in, a, in a way, they were starting to look more closely at this sure. sort of thing, and sure. that's how they discovered mm. her uh, fraud. Anyway, that's an uplifting story. <laughs> um, I mean, sounds like she got what she deserved eventually. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she's actually been sentenced yet, but I'm hoping that she... Uh, it's moving that direction. Yeah. Um. Next item, a pilot makes a, an emergency landing on a Colorado golf course. And then Liz adds, in, in the number, number two, two hole. hole. <laughs> <laughs> I like some new theme for us just in general. Oh, it's an ace pilot. Makes an above par emergency landing. Oh. Yeah, the cliches in this uh, article are just. Yeah, this, this is a gem of an article. It really is. Whoever yeah. wrote this. Well, luckily, he nailed his landing to a T. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> The pilot of a small plane was forced into an above-par emergency landing this week, safely coming down on a Colorado golf course. Wild, wild images show the twin-engine... Extrusioni. Thank you. Aeronautiche mm-hmm. Technum. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just call it a Technum. Mm-hmm. Uh, P206T parked on the Fox Hollow golf course in Lakewood, Colorado, luckily just off the edge of the green. Luckily. Yes. On the green. Yeah, because that would have messed what up. A, the, what a nuisance. Of course, yeah. yeah. The emergency was watched by around 150 kids between ages 8 and 17 who were getting lessons at the time, but with no one getting injured thanks to the identif- unidentified pilot being such an ace. Uh, this was unusual today to have a plane go down, Fox Hollow's assistant golf professional Paula Bauer told Nine News of the emergency landing, believed to have been caused by a mechanical failure have we been looking at the pictures, Liz? Yes, sir. Of the Technum P206T. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Ding. Ding. And uh, yeah, so. I love all the pictures of people just continuing to play golf. Yeah, just play through. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, and he, gotta, did, he did not damage the golf course. They were very no. thankful for that. And you, and you know, you have to focus when you're, well, when you're flying and playing golf. Mm-hmm. All right. I, anyway. I will say it's a. 2060 or 2006 Oh, they got that wrong. Oh. Yeah, P206T is a, a Cessna. That's I was thinking 206. <laughs> well, P, but P, I don't know how technum names are aircraft, yeah. so I don't wonder. Well, anyways, a twin yes, engine. Yes, but a 206 tech- is a Cessna, but not a P usually, is it? Speaking of Well, it's P. a pressurized. It's a pressurized. Pressurized. Uh, okay. uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cool. I don't know if they have pressurized 206s, but. I don't know. P210s. Well. Yeah, we don't have we have no idea what happened here. <laughs> no, other than it landed on a golf course. But and this writer, the writer for this news uh, corporation, is very good at mm-hmm. puns. Now you'll notice in this photo, little unusual mm-hmm. detail: the right engine is, propeller is feathered, mm-hmm. the left engine is not. Mm-hmm. Now you would think that the airplane could get back safely on one engine, but perhaps not. I don't know. Depends. So, so these are. Uh, go ahead, Nick, because you're going to know. Well, I was just going to say, the, I, I think these are cool little airplanes. So I, I, 
I've read a little bit about them. I don't know anything about them, but they have these are Rotax engines. They're two hundred oh, horsepower. They're Rotax engines. Rotax engines. Really? <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, so I, I would also think that a uh, a Rotax, you'd say like maybe not, but if it's a two hundred horsepower Rotax, seems like the airplane could maybe fly on that. So I was mm-hmm. a little surprised to see this also. Wouldn't that this is a certified airplane? I'm thinking about right? high hot day mm-hmm. if he wasn't very high to begin, you know. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I mean, if he was heavy and yeah, yeah Possibly. definitely. And it is a, it's, it's a four seat airplane. So it's probably, this is what I don't know off the top of my head, but it's probably a, uh, 2,500 to th- 2,200 to 3000 pound gross weight airplane. So it, yeah, if it's hot and high could definitely be testing. They're coming to get you. What you do? Oh, no, that was Jeff. the fire department, actually. <laughs> oh, Liz was yelling, "They're coming to get you!" <laughs> yeah, I was she just assumed. Assumed the cops were out to get us. Uh, anyway, interesting. Didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I didn't know they were Rotax engines. Very cool. Okay, now it's time for us to transition from the news to. Getting to know us. And Steph's going to sing. No, I am not. Getting to know. Wait a second here and enjoy my beer. You could you could say the lyrics. No. Oh, come on. You give me such a hard time. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. What? Vaguely. you did. Well, I just know that they weren't the correct ones. I thought you knew the lyrics to every single musical there, there is. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, all of them except for this one. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about what has been happening uh, between shows. I think Nick Camacho should go first. I agree. We've elected you. Uh, <laughs> I haven't actually done a ton. I've done zero flying. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, done some troubleshooting on my avionics. Um Oh, issues? Well, I just, I had a few communications issues with boxes. Boxes didn't seem to like, or a couple of boxes that didn't seem to like talking to each other. Hmm. Um, So I think we've mostly got that sorted out now. Um, And I, that's, that's about the extent that I've been doing things. Driving the tractor a lot at my folks' house, working Mm -hmm. on uh, house stuff. But probably like doing your job too, right? And doing my job. Yeah. <laughs> I have been doing my job. That's good. It's always good to do your job. So trying to get caught well. up on my job type of stuff and the around the house type of stuff. Cause next yeah. month's going to be pretty busy with, uh, Oshkosh and so forth. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about that. Let's talk about that right now. Okay. Are you going to go to Oshkosh? I don't know. Well, if you're I invited. Do, okay. If I do, it will probably be a very limited Okay. Amount well, of time. Even if you but we'll come see. up for a limited amount of yeah, time. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into why because my weekends are not going okay. to be as free well, as I would like them to be. We'll so just we'll see. Cross our fingers and hope. Sounds like you need to show up in the middle of the week. I we're might have to record a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Nick, uh, uh, for sure, Nick Camacho and I, uh, or, or as much as we can be sure about anything in life, <laughs> um, are planning at least to be at uh, the EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh the uh, last week of July and uh, next month. And um, 
still ironing out some details as far as where I'm going to be staying and that kind of thing. I'm, I have a reservation for a non-air-conditioned dormitory room, and we have several people that listen to our show in our audience that are uh, usually are accommodated uh, there. And uh, But I, I was thinking, God, it would be really nice to be in the campground again. It would be really nice to be in that Class A diesel pusher that we were hmm. in in 2019. <laughs> but uh, inflation and everything else, and I don't even think that the thing was available. I, I could probably find another one, but it was kind of expensive. Um, decided that uh, I might, I don't know for sure yet, but I might be actually uh, doing some tent camping in uh, Camp Scholar, and uh, I'm going to be driving my car up there with uh, loaded up with podcasting gear uh, so that we can hopefully do at least one live event while we're up there. So we're not sure when we'll, we'll be doing that and where or any of that stuff, but uh, we, are, we are making plans. Nick and I are talking a lot about, uh, you know, certain you know possibilities of, of doing something like that nick you're saying that it's it's possible that you might actually be take part in flying the uh, i know for sure the c-47 betsy's biscuit bomber is going to be there not sure yet who's going to be flying it there right so uh, right. you'll be either flying that or your own uh, debonair up there yep. uh, so uh, yeah a lot of things to work out um, maybe we'll do a show under the wing of a c-47 or Next to a debonair, or um, maybe next to it, a Jeff's tent. Tent in the campground. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Two, de- two debonair dudes a in a tent. <laughs> two debonair dudes, right? Um, Is it relatively easy to get like an unimproved like campsite yeah. for camp? Okay, yeah. Like I just pitch a tent if I decide to show up last minute. Okay. Yeah, I think um, I think so. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Or just bring I'm sure a, there's a lot of people. It's know. a four man tent that I'm in. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got this travel tent that's literally like it just surrounds just you. Pitch it right next to my tent. I could do that. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I think you can put multiple tents. I think you can put two On a tents campsite. per campsite. Okay. Yeah, and two cars. I think perfect. Yeah, so we're still trying to you know figure it all out. But uh, just for those of you who are planning or thinking about going to Oshkosh this year, uh, we, we plan on having at least a couple of us. That'll deter them. There, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. She goes, that'll deter them. <laughs> wow. She's being ex- exceptionally rude today. Um, yeah. So uh, just thought it. I'd throw Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, we just thought we'd throw that out there uh, for just general information, but hopefully aren't we'll you also off the rest of the month of July as well. Oh yeah. Um, so I have most of July. I have vacation starting on the 10th through like the first week of August. So after, um, Oshkosh, I plan on heading up North, uh, into, uh, Northern Ontario. Wisconsin after yes. Oshkosh is the last week of the month. I Isn't know, it? but then I'm, I have August, uh, like through the 6th of August. Oh, okay. The next so week. So head up um, to uh, Ontario, Ontario, Ontario. I know there was an extra Rio <laughs> in there. But uh, and by uh, Sault Ste. Marie. How did I do, Liz? Mm-hmm. Ding. Yep, perfect. Ding. Okay. Very good. Ding. And uh, on the way over, mosey on over to uh, the Lake Cottage country of uh, north of Toronto. Uh, Toronto. Toronto, yes. and uh, because I know a uh, producer director named Liz that's going to be in a uh, cottage up there and uh, hopefully spend a couple of days up there. Um, and Sounds good to me. 
Excellent. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so that's what my plan is. And then before Oshkosh, I don't know what my plan is, but I'm thinking I'm going to go out there and play and travel and have yeah. yeah, do things. Do things. Yeah. So anything else, Nick? I think I, I kind of stepped on your... Uh, uh, you, I think you were finished up, though, right? Anything else you want to mention up. about Oshkosh or the Betsy's Biscuit Bomber or anything like that? Um, well, just I think we're planning on um, hitting the air show in Rock Falls, Illinois, on the weekend before Oshkosh hmm. uh, with the airplane. I don't know if I'll be with it or not yet. Okay. But, um, yeah, if anybody's from around uh Where is Chicago Rock Falls? Area, I believe it's east of... Um, I am Chicago, unfamiliar. And Maybe I like an hour up in the area. Oh, okay, that's why. Wait, how can you be east of Chicago? No, west, west of Chicago. He Sorry, meant. west of Chicago. <laughs> I, I mean, he said east, west. and I heard west in my head because I knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was meant, looking at it. Thinking, huh? that's Chicago Rock is Rock east. Chicago Rock is Falls. East of Rock. Yes, it's on its way yeah, to Rock Cedar Rapids, Illinois. Iowa. Oh, no. on the way to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh, it's n- yeah. Okay, yeah, it's out there. That's yeah, why. it's in the middle of nowhere. I agree. I wasn't going to say that. That seems kind of mean, but whatever. We'll go there. Everybody who's in Chicago is going Rock Falls. What's the uh, place from in Chattanooga? See Rock City. Ruby, Kate, Ruby. There's a Ruby Falls. Ruby Falls. But there's also and Rock, Rock City, City, something like that. There's yeah. The signs that say Sea oh, Rock yeah. City and Ruby Falls and Ruby Falls. Yeah. Have tangent. nothing to do yeah, with so- this place that Nick is talking about, though. <laughs> so it looks like it's maybe two hours. Uh, Two hours west of Chicago, but mm-hmm. it's kind of sort of in the direction of Oshkosh if you're coming from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anybody's like driving to Oshkosh or wants to stop by, um, you know, wants to stop through there on the weekend before, we'll be there. There's a, a couple of different, um, couple of different air show acts. I don't think they're actually going to have a um, heavy warbird presence there but they do have some uh, i think patty wax is going to be there they'll have some aerobatic cool. acts and, and that sort of thing so nice it should be pretty neat well very cool well i'm sure have some updates on that as we get a little bit closer all right steph me you're up um i actually did do quite a bit of flying this past weekend it was relatively nice we've had it's just been like the year of wind I feel like every year has a theme weather-wise. Like some years it's rainy, some years it's just hot and dry and miserable. This year it's been windy. Um, I I think that's um, been the case for a lot of places around the world, around the country. Um, Interestingly, this past weekend, though, on the surface, the wind seemed great. Kind of light, variable, not much doing. About 300 feet off the ground, 30 knots out of the north. Mm. So... Made, for made it interesting for skydiving. Right? <laughs> made it interesting. Or for flying. Uh, and for flying, too. Because <laughs> I didn't really realize on takeoff, the winds were that strong, that low to the ground. Mm-hmm. I knew they were, but they were, you know, 3,000 feet, 6,000, 9,000, because we look at all of that. Um, so they were out of kind of the northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turned for uh, final to land on our runway five into like a 30-knot headwind that mm-hmm. I did not anticipate. And I went, huh. It's taking well, a long time to gonna get to need people. some more power here. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna take a little bit of time. And then when you get below 300 feet, all of a sudden, it's boom, yeah, drops basically. All off. Yeah, it's, a, it's fun. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just bizarre. I heard um, uh, one of your uh, fellow 
pilots today coming in on the arrival from Detroit to Charlotte. Ah, uh, you did, yes. Um, it was. I think he was south of the airport. Probably makes sense. South of the airport. Um, because they told him to stay south of the airport. But skydiver two. Skydive two. Skydive two. That's mm-hmm. it. skydive two. Mm-hmm. That's the call sign. Right? That's the call sign. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yes, and we. I mean, so we have we actually have two. Um, discrete um squawk codes one is skydive one's one skydive two um, but there's another drop zone to the north of the city that that uses jumper one so just to be different enough we usually use skydive two instead of skydive one uh, so there's less confusion does it have something to do with uh armando's gig up there no actually oh, it's a different it's one different. okay yeah um and it really probably doesn't matter too much but mm-hmm. i don't know it just it really i think we just put that code in that particular airplane and we fly that airplane more mm-hmm. probably has more to do with it than anything. But mm. anyway, um, yeah, you were on the Jonesy. We were coming in the on the, no, neither. Neither. Really? Um, neither. Oh, you were coming from, nor- the, from the North. Yeah, from the North. Parker? Uh, yes. Parker. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Yep. And Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Yeah. Peter Parker. Yes, it actually looks like, it's like P-A-R-Q-R. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like parkour. parkour. Yeah. Parkour. 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 Uh, parkour. Or parkour. Yeah. <laughs> That's more that appropriate. Barbecue. Carolina. Barbecue. Yeah. In the Carolinas, yeah. Well, I had some good barbecue uh, at Martin's in Nashville on my first night. Uh, the first a couple of weeks ago I was there, went there and well, had. Now we're uh, talking about your stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I should let stuff finish. Sorry. It's okay. We, don't, we can, we can, we're sitting here together. We can, yeah, we can, we can, we can go back and forth. Anyway, uh, there's a, a pretty decent uh, barbecue place, especially there. Uh, I, I had the, I had something, I don't remember what it was the first time. It was like, eh. Um, and I told my first officer to get the sliced brisket because that's what my first officer got a couple of weeks ago. And it looked really good. And it was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I just got lucky, but it was exactly the way I liked my Your sliced brisket. brisket. Oh, okay. it was like, like full of fat and oh, bark. Yeah. Going straight and, to your left ventricle. Oh, yeah. It was like, I could actually feel it. <laughs> like closing off one of the ventricles. <laughs> <laughs> Just clogging all those coronary yeah. arteries. Anyway. Awesome. Sounds, sounds delicious. I would consume that also. Yeah. Um, and also interesting. Um, so we're, we're losing one of our pilots um, who has um, hit that magic number of 1,500 hours and has. Uh, is Hour and a half now, Jeff. Moving Hour on to half. the airlines. Um, so we're, you know, looking at folks who are kind of uh, the way it's always kind of worked is some homegrown folks who are pilots have jump experience and are building hours along the way. We kind of bring them into into the fold to start training them on aircraft as we have need for pilots. So had the opportunity to fly with a few of them um, over the past few weekends. And um, it's been very interesting to me because I'm not a CFI, but there's a lot to, but you're kind of of been acting like I've kind of been become, you know, de facto CFI. You know, I'm not teaching them about, you know, flying per se it's more mm-hmm. just the operation and this specific aircraft and um you know how we how we run our operations so there's there's a lot to to learn it's drinking from the fire hose for sure but it's uh it, it's teaching not, and instructing it's is teaching yeah exactly it's not like as laid back as just going up there and doing the jumps no. and it's a lot no, more no. work there's a there's a lot of and, and i mean it's it's interesting because you know we've all been there and experienced that but it's interesting to say to see that happening to someone else and going yeah i've been there I, that was like two years ago for me mm-hmm. i know exactly why your bl- your brain is trying to explode on you right now because you were thinking that this wasn't going to be as 
intensive as it is. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot to think about and process and manage and continue to do over and over and over again all day long. But it's been good from my standpoint too, because it's, you know, it's that see one, do one, teach one philosophy. So mm -hmm. it kind of cements a lot of things. So you're going to go brain. ahead and work on getting your CFI then? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Steph, no. you'd be a good That's instructor. the lesson she's learned. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know that I have any interest in, in doing that, but um, I can I can do it in this setting because it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I enjoy doing. I don't know that I'd enjoy instructing in all areas mm -hmm. of especially primary instruction that may not be for me. Okay. But we'll Don't see. rule it out. No, never say never on things. Anything else? Um, dinner with your sit. dad for Father's Day? Did I, uh, I did have dinner with my dad for Father's Day. We did that the day after Father's Day. Um, very nice meal at a local restaurant, kind of a farm to table type place. Nice. Extensive wine lists, oh. which is great because neither of us drink wine, really. Is that the place that I went to with you guys once before in, um, what's the name of the town right there? Fort Mill. Yeah. Uh, might have been, yeah. Yeah. We might have been there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good standby. We stood in the parking lot afterwards and did some informal plane spotting because Charlotte was landing north and it's yeah. kind of right on the base to final transition, especially for 3-6 left. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that landed on awesome. three six left, uh, both on Monday and today. Mm -hmm. And today was a really nice view of uh, clear that today. area. Uh, oh yeah, you, yeah, yeah, where you live. Yep, yeah, over the lake there and mm -hmm. the amusement park and the yeah. cove and all that. Mm -hmm. And lots of work. I'm actually speaking of teaching. I'm teaching this weekend, but not anything to do with flying. I'm teaching people, uh, teaching other doctors how to do the type of injections that I do. Um, Poking people in the yep. So going to, uh, uh, Chicago to do that oh, weekend. Cool. Chicago, oh, another, Chicago area, another convention or another conference. Uh, conference? Yeah. Going, going to rock falls. <laughs> rock falls. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, just Chicago suburbs. Okay. But cool. It'll be good. Good chance to see some friends while I'm there yeah. too. Very nice. So that's it. All right. Uh, let's see for me, um, finished up the trip, uh, that was on last week. On Friday and uh, on Saturday and Sunday, I was back singing again. Man, I missed it that weekend that I could not hardly make a sound. And uh, I think my choir director appreciated me being back as well. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of fun. Um, Father's Day on Sunday, um, I uh, my daughter, uh, youngest daughter, Natalie, um, said, hey, I would love to take you out to dinner, Dad. And so we uh, went to a Mexican restaurant and had a really nice time. And I got to learn about her, her new job that she's oh, cool. an offer that she's accepted. And, uh, that's very exciting. And, uh, let's see a four day trip that I'm on now started on Monday. We talked a little bit about that Nashville, the first night, Minneapolis, uh, yesterday and, uh, Charlotte right now and uh, one leg back home tomorrow morning. And, uh, and we talked about Oshkosh. So I guess that kind of covers it for me uh can't think of anything else uh, i have one more trip for the month of june uh next monday tuesday wednesday a three-day trip and uh that'll do it for me until july and then the first part of july that first nine days i'm going to be trying to fly as much overtime flying as i mm. uh, because i want to help the airline cram it all in yeah 
and then yeah. beyond. You're, you're doing you're doing yeah. your part to you know because I'm very altruistic. I'm very altruistic. I'm a I'm a giver. Yes. I want to help as much as I can. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. And you know I'd almost do it for no money at all, but almost uh, almost. <laughs> but you'd really rather it be but, but overtime d- flying d- and they pay you extra. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Green slips. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that's my plan anyway. We'll see how that goes. How about the cover art? Cover the cover art, art was, is something we should probably cover. Uh, our in-house artist, artiste, um, Captain Nick, uh, came up with uh, the title APG and the number two hole. And, of course, we're talking, when we talk about number two holes, of course, we're talking about golf courses. Of course we are. Yeah. And there's a beautiful golf course um picture that he used there and uh uh i, I see the number one hole and the uh, number two hole <laughs> yeah. well the number one hole is a urinal yeah the number two hole is a conventional toilet yeah huh i think he's insinuating i don't understand hmm. i can't imagine why you don't understand what's going on there is that a groundhog in the yes <laughs> in the number two hole yes. <laughs> and there's an air now i'm not sure i did we talk about an airplane that, that was this week. I know. I think he just. How did he know that we were going to be talking about an airplane landing? You know, I, you know I, I suspect what had happened. I, oh, go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, I, I figured he was just uh, making a joke about Harrison Ford because that's the oh, that's that right. Harrison Ford crashed on a and golf he, course. he had an engine out on a golf course. Yeah, and he had an, it was in an airplane kind of like that. Kind, I don't know if it was exactly that. that, it, was that it was that model. Yeah, it was that model. Okay, that had to be what he was. That's what he was doing. Was, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, he did land in a. He almost killed himself on that one. Yeah, that was. Not I mean, good. it was really a. He, it was a lot of a uh, lot of injuries that he sustained on that. Lucky to be alive. <laughs> Captain Jeff is all choked up, up about it. Speaking, when I think about Harrison Ford. Staying alive. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I don't know I where that came look. from. I'm okay. I'm not choking on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Anything else, Liz? Oh, coffee fun. How about that? Coffee fun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're going to do this and hit this right here. And then Steph and I are going to sing the coffee. Nope. Johnny, how much more coffee? No <laughs> thing. I love coffee, I love tea, I love the APG community, coffee and tea, and the Java and me, a cup, a cup, a cup, a cup, a cup. <laughs> it's so funny to hear Liz singing, and she sings really nicely. It's just the fact that we have this latency going on. It doesn't match up at all, and then she cracks up afterwards. <laughs> And she does that to just distract me. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it works. Okay, Coffee Fun, your way to support the show financially. A couple of different ways to do that. One is the Coffee Fun Classic method, and the other is to become a patron of the show via Patreon. Now, when I was preparing for this show, uh, breaking news. we didn't have any uh, new patrons, nor did we have any one-off kind of contributions uh, on the uh, Coffee Fun Classic. Um but right before uh, we were going to hit the record button on today's show, I noticed that I received an email from Patreon. And now I'm trying to find <laughs> that. Uh, I mean, he only has like 4,000 windows open here. I can't imagine why he can't figure out where the email went. Anyway, You're going to run out of music here. If you oh, I know. It. I always do. I always run out of music. Uh, here we go. Here it is. Found it. 
Steve Marin, or Marin, Steve Marin, just became a producer of the show. So Woo-hoo. thank you, Steve, Yay. for coming Maine in right Marin? under the... Uh, I don't know if that's Maine Marin or not. Is that Maine Marin? We have Maine Marin in the chat room. Is, is that a? Shot? Yeah. Is that you or is that somebody related to you or what? Anyway, we'll see what his response is in about 25 seconds. Anyway, uh, thank you, Steve, uh, for uh, becoming a patron of the show. If you want to do the same, uh, please head over to Airline yes, Pilot Guide. Oh, it is it him. him. Awesome. Thank yes. you, Maine <laughs> Marin, uh, new uh, producer of uh, Steve. the uh, Airline Pilot Guy show. We do appreciate it. And again, if you want to join these fine folks like Maine Marin, uh, head over to airlinepilotguy.com slash coffee. You'll be glad you did. And so will we. Exactly. Captain, incoming message. All right. Let's start with some audio feedback from Teakettle15. Take it away. Hello, APG crew. It's T Kittle 15 calling to provide a little bit of feedback on episode 518 and your discussion about the 777 crew that followed the flight director, which showed them to level off or maybe even descend a little bit at, shortly after takeoff. You got most of it right. Uh, one thing wrong, I think, that I'll get to and maybe explain a little bit of how uh, the engineering world uh, works in the process. Uh, you were definitely right, Nick Camacho, that an SAIB and an, an AD or airworthiness directive are two different things. So that's just a chalk one up for the uh, for the journalists again. Uh, that was an SAIB, and it's essentially a stopgap uh, short-term mitigation just to let folks know how the system works. Uh, you're also right to be very concerned. Captain Jeff, you put it extremely well, uh, expressing your concern, and its I will tell you that it's a concern that is widely shared. Um, the thing that you got wrong is uh, you've said that that's it, and uh, why aren't they doing more? Uh, probably just saving money. And uh, I'll just say without uh, saying more than I'm allowed to that uh, that's not what's going on. It, you can't change things overnight in software, and so there's a longer-term effort uh, going on that. But the bottom-line discussion that you had was fantastic. Uh, I wish you all well, and we'll uh, keep listening. Well, thank you very much for your input there. And I, I got a lot of those things right, yes. I just like to point out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> I not everything, though. Where is it? Thank you. Okay. And then where's the one that I was looking for? The, oh, here, capital B. Yeah. So we got a little bit of yeah, both. both the bell mm-hmm. and the buzzer. <laughs> but uh, that's good to know that uh, they are trying to make corrections to the software to prevent. Fl- but the underlying problem is not the software. Right. The, underlying, the underlying problem is children of the magenta. Human manipulation of yeah. human software. Human, human software. Yeah. Exactly. We gotta gotta go back to the basics, people, and think, and kind of take a couple of steps back and look at the big picture and the, have some uh, good SA. Not NASA. I learned this about a year ago. Uh, NASA means N A N A S A. Not applicable. The situation. The situation awareness. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, thank you, T Cattle Fifteen. Appreciate it. And uh, that is the voice of reason and experience. You can mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. Got a great voice, very commanding captain's 
voice, I think. <laughs> All right. Uh, our friend Landon. Yeah. Used to be out there in Northern California, now in uh, Texas. That's right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, wait. Uh, oh, here we go. Be on the, okay. right, the right and, rack. And uh, now. Yeehaw! Yes. That's Get for it. you, Landon. <sighs> All right. Uh, he uh, says, well, he sent us a link to a YouTube video, and he goes, the state of flight training in the 21st century summed up in three minutes and 15 seconds. So you're probably wondering, well, what does that mean? Well, you're going to find out right now. Oh, my God. What an experience. That was literally the best thing ever. Like, what? Dude, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. So are you considering being a pilot now? Um, is the sky blue? Is the grass green? Like, are you kidding me? Yes, yes, I want to be a pilot. Like, I want to take this all the way to commercial level. Uh, like, dead ass. I, I love this. This is just incredible. This is the best experience of my life, and I want to keep on doing this for the rest of my life. Dude, I'm so glad to hear that, man. You know what? You're going to do just fine in our training program. I can damn near guarantee it. <laughs> so I'm going to add up all the charges for today's demo flight, all right? Uh, yeah, okay. Let's see, we have the flat rate of our Cessna 172 at $300 per hour. That's a lot. Didn't your sign outside say that there was a discount for demo flights today? That is our discounted rate, sir. Wow, uh, okay. <laughs> That's also a dry rate, so you'll have to pay for the fuel too. At $7 per gallon, it comes to $4.90. What? There's no way we flew that much. We only flew for like 10 minutes. Well, we like our aircraft topped off at the end of every flight and the last person forgot to do that. So, yeah. but how is that my problem? Headset fee of $50. Bro, this thing didn't even work well. Like, look at this. The air cushion <laughs> is falling off. Instructor fee is 75. He didn't even say very much. And I only got to hold the control for 37 seconds. Oil disposal fee of $20. <laughs> Gotta stay green, you know. <laughs> so your total for today comes out to $3,347.55. <laughs> Yo, math ain't even right, man. Well, that's cash or debit. It's gonna be debit, but that's not the right amount. Ah, yes. Thank you, sir. This is all happening so fast. I'm sorry, sir. It seems like your card declined. Uh, we charge a $250 fee for declined cards. That don't even make sense, man. Oh, silly me. I had it facing the wrong way. <laughs> Oh, man, I do that all the time. Okay, so you can drop that charge, right? Approved. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least my balance is paid. Can you at least put me on the schedule so I can fly again? Nah. Nah. What do you mean, nah? Like, I just got to be paying all this money, dude. I understand that, sir, but you can't book the plane <laughs> We also got about five scholarship recipients that we had to put ahead of you because it's in their contract. What? Also, the instructor that you just flew with, he gone. He gone. He quit. He just went to the airlines. Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> when is there an opening on the schedule with an instructor who actually works here? Let's see. Yes, we have an opening in November. November! <laughs> fine. Fine, 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 fine. Just, just book it. November 2029. So do you want me to book that for you? Can I book that for you? Uh-oh, someone just took that slot. You're gonna have to wait till the following year. Also, our check ride examiner just passed away like five minutes ago. <laughs> Sir? I'm just gonna go sell drugs. Sir? <laughs> Sir, we have a walking out fee. <laughs> the Disgruntled Pilot Series. YouTube.com. Oh, I, I missed the... Uh... Ah, shoot.
Oh my god. Oh, what wait. an experience. I, I didn't know it was going to reply. YouTube doesn't usually do that. Okay, Brian Monette. We'll have this link in the show notes. And thank you, Landon. Yeah, that was just a discovery flight. Yeah. I mean, that that seems <laughs> a little steep. Yeah. That's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not cheap to no, learn how to fly. Changed changed in the uh, 11 years since. Yeah. 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Landon. Good one. We all had a good laugh on I that. I laughed. All right. Ray Williams. We're going to continue on. We received some feedback from Ray Williams, my neighbor. And no, is this Ray Williams? Alpharetta? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Ray Williams and Alpharetta. Okay. You were just looking at me like I thought you were you were looking at me quizzically. No. Okay. Um, could you? Uh-oh. What? Oh, they're slowly coming back. Oh, no. Oh, oh you're back. Oh, okay, good. Carry okay, on. That gives like, me a little extra time to set up the video that uh, Ray <laughs> sent. <laughs> How did that video play okay when we uh, that I just played, or did it break up the uh, paying for flying lessons? No, it, it worked fine. Okay. <laughs> are we, are we, are we again? <laughs> no, no, no. You're, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Jeff, can you hear me on clean feed? I can hear you can on you? clean feed. I don't think feed. you're hearing me on clean feed. Oh, you're not on clean okay. feed right now. Okay. You know what? It must be something associated with um, when the, when we lose the internet, I think the clean feed uh, clicks off, clicks off, drops off. So let me try to fix that. Uh, Okay, have that loaded up, and uh, clean feeds over here. Here I am. I'm back now. I'm we back. got you. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, I guess okay. the internet I'll signal just, I'll when just it. Re- I'll just restart it. I'll restart it when it happens. Okay, thanks. Okay, <sighs> you're getting super it. fuzzy again. No. No, you're not frozen. You're just oh, fuzzy. Fuzzy, Jeff. It only makes it worse. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to be like a sloth. Move very slowly. Mm. Sorry, folks. Okay. okay. Keep going. All right. Uh, here we go. We're gonna add. Wait. Are we ready for this? No. We have to read what Ray Williams first, yeah. says first. He said, there's so much serious uh, stuff going on in the world that this makes a welcome interlude. You may have to fast forward a bit because the guy figuring out what to do, finding a suitable place, and setting it all up takes some time. Synopsis. On the ground to one side of the approach path to Gatwick, he sets up a huge sign that says, Welcome to Luton. Okay, Again, as you're approaching Gatwick. And for those who aren't familiar with those two places. They're not really that near each other. No. They're both in England, though. They are. One is, like, to the northwest of London and the other's south. Yeah. So I would imagine that inter-country, in, in-country English intra. traveler. Intra. Thank Intra-country. You. I knew there was a way to say that. <laughs> intra-country travelers. It must be the signal that's breaking up. That's why... I can't fi- figure out what to say. Um, would probably 
Oh, never mind. I don't know where I was going with that. Just um, play the video. It's yeah, not okay. just the picture getting fuzzy. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> my brain getting fuzzy. Anyway, he said he catches a few folk in the prank makes newspaper and talk show headlines. Um, okay. Shall I re- uh, maybe I can read that after we play the video. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but as he says, I think you have to get, like, there's a lot of preliminary stuff there you don't know. Some fast forwarding. Okay. Well. And I don't even recall watching this video, so we're going to watch it together and we're going to fast forward together. Okay. Should be fun. Good passengers flying into Gatwick were in a state of panic. Made letters saying, welcome to Luton. Air passengers flying into Gatwick. <laughs> That's really <laughs> funny. Everyone's thinking that we've been diverted. It's in the Daily Mail, the Daily Telegraph. What is driving the internet crazy? That's my kind of gag. Gotcha. That must be the guy. Must be. Now, I've always wanted to have a viral news story. One that attracted all the best and worst types of attention. Matt's f***ing... <laughs> you have to read the guy's lips. <laughs> See what he said. And it was when I was flying into London a few months ago that I remembered something. There was a guy in America who had written, Welcome to Cleveland, on his roof. And it's been there for the last 34 years. They always said, why did you do it? And I said, it was Wednesday. Only problem is, he was from Milwaukee. This was silly enough to pique my interest, and so I wanted to do my own version in the UK. My life is just peg, peg, peg. Wait, no. And before I figured out what I would write, I needed to find a location that would work. And in London, that was going to be harder than I thought. I'm worried it's going to cause a backlash, and I'm not... You know, I'm too old to deal with that in a minute. But I haven't stopped <laughs> doing silly things before when it all got tricky. And so I went out and sat on the phone for weeks, targeting every house, business, equestrian centre around Heathrow and Gatwick. I realised pretty quickly that Heathrow was never going to work. The planes fly over central London when they're coming into land and I wasn't going to find land large enough for what I wanted. So that left me with Gatwick. A bit of investigative journalism on flight radar showed me that 75% of the landings came from the east. So this patch of land was my target. And after weeks of calling, I was invited for a site visit. Hello mate, I'm here meeting Rosie For what? Just to talk about some space you've got out here. She knows I'm coming today. Have you not got Ivy Lillian No, she just told us to come down at 11. Okay. <laughs> I eventually got a high vis on and had a look at the site, and it was oh the high vis, high vis vest, like the yeah. vests. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, hey, if you you want to go somewhere, your high vis vest and a clipboard, yeah, yeah. and maybe even a, like a hard hat. Yeah, boots, boots. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so I'm gonna see what happens when I fast forward here. I mean, it's this is entertaining for sure, but but it's quite lengthy. It is. Um. Where should I stop? Keep going. He's he's nailing things into the ground. Okay. All right. Now we're on approach here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. go. This looks promising. Let's start here. It wasn't particularly packed. There weren't a huge amount of people to see the sign, but no matter, because as I approached Gatwick, there she was in all her glory, and the woman behind me was a bit confused. It says, "Welcome to Luton." We haven't been Luton over there. Oh, we had to so point it out to people. Yeah, just, uh-huh. They said, welcome to Lisa. I got, I got scared for a minute. Yeah, somebody intended to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> do do that. A mean joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we landed in the wrong place. Welcome to Lisa's sign. <laughs> yeah, sorry. 
just got the flight. It's definitely visible from the plane. You can see it 100%. I don't think many people on the flight really clocked it. Oh no, have I done this all for nothing? I guess it's now wait and see, see if anyone, I don't know, posts about it. So here's the flaw in his plan. He thinks people are looking out their windows. Good point. Nobody has their shades up anymore. Although in some countries you have to have them up for takeoff and landing. That's right. Yeah. So So maybe there's a much better chance Mm -hmm. somebody might see it over there. Mm -hmm. Um, Shall I continue? Nah. Okay. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. It'll be in the show notes. Pretty cute prank though. All right. Let's remove that. And thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Um, he said one comment from DF Dalton, 1962, takes it a step further. Flight attendant announcement to prepare for landing. Please stow your tray tables and return your seats to their full upright position. Some of you on the left side of the aircraft may have noticed a large sign on the ground welcoming you to Luton. Rest assured, this is only a prank. And we are indeed landing as scheduled at Stansted. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, very cute. All right. Next one. Rich. Nope. Nope. Going to, no, no, going to seven. That's true. Thank you. That's seven. why you guys are telling me to skip six. Uh-huh. Gotcha. <laughs> seven. <sighs> this is from Tony Jacobson. And he says, your podcast is great. I'm not usually into listening to, reading, or watching anything aviation related because it's uh, often it's sensationalized or produced by uninformed people. Your show is real world and the participants bring in actual experience related to their background. On the show, there was a story about an unstabilized approach, uh, episode 523 with a higher than normal final approach angle. I think it was three and a half degrees. We were talking about how 0.5 degrees doesn't seem like much, but it requires planning. Something we call threat and error management. Take a look at the RNAV 3-4 right in Reno. Because of terrain, the final approach is 3.5, if my memory is correct. With the higher approach speed of the 737 and certain atmospheric conditions, High density altitude, the rate of descent is greater than 1,000 feet per minute as our, as per our stable approach criteria. So without prior planning or proper ex- execution, it can go sideways quickly. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Tony Jacobson, and he is a uh, pilot on the 737 new generation or next, next generation. Gen. Um, and uh, he's a captain uh, a mini- Minneapolis 737. 3.42% yeah. to be precise. 3.42. Um, yeah. That's and you know, as as we mentioned in the in that show, um, uh, it's you wouldn't think that that would make much of a difference, but it really it really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Tony, for listening to our our little show. And glad to have you with us uh listening and adding to and, you know, that's the best thing I think about our show is that we, we really engage our listeners and encourage you to send us feedback and participate in our show as much as possible. So if you're out there listening and you want to say something to us, you've been thinking about it, right? send that feedback in. Exactly. We appreciate it. And if you're out there driving a car, watch out for that truck. <laughs> okay. Just don't want you to get hurt. And now pull up your voice this memo next one. and send us some feedback. This next one. This guy doesn't understand the one question per feedback item rule. Oh, okay. 
number nine. Eight. Oh, number eight. Okay. <laughs> I was looking at number nine. I'm thinking, huh? Look that long. So, so behind uh, the scenes, man. what happened was Jeff clicked on number eight, and then he. I do that a lot. I, I, I advance, and then I start talking, <laughs> and, then and I forget that I've already number advanced. Nine, and then he was like, uh, well, "You don't have to tell him what an idiot I am." No, it was just so amusing that, to me because I, I had, yeah. Yeah, that was so like people was, that are listening. I get. They, I want them to be I was amused as well. People, yeah. People listening are going to be like, that totally makes sense. I mean, Steph's in <laughs> yeah. Carolina and Jeff's in Georgia. Of course, they're not on the same page. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm only human. But I was looking at the next one, the next next one, and it was a pretty short piece of feedback. I'm thinking, what is she talking about? All right. Uh, this is from Mike. Uh, hi, all. I've been listening for the past year and have caught up to episode 400, which was around October of 2019. It's a great show, and thank you. I've enjoyed them immensely. I don't know. Where was that? Was that some kind of an animal that's in That was a frog. A frog? Yeah. Under the table? Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> I'm averaging about four to six episodes a week, so still have... Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wait. Still... Where's the thing? <laughs> it's... Okay. It's right uh, here. S. Is it S? Um, I don't know if I have a letter for that because this is that. No, it's not. It is sad. It is sad. <laughs> it's over here. Okay. Yeah. Remember last show I had uh, trouble finding it, but here it is. APG syndrome. Mike, you have APG syndrome. He does. Anyway, so he's, he's, he has, I still have some time to catch up fully. It's interesting to hear your initial thoughts on events a few years before they happen. <laughs> For example, you were discussing the Boeing Max problem and how your opinions evolved. I think at one point someone mentioned the planes won't be grounded very long. <laughs> it was also interesting hearing you talk about Oshkosh and you didn't get to uh, everything, but there's always next year. Oh, I didn't get to everything while we were there. Yeah, there's just so much mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, there is always next year, and maybe this year. Yeah, except we'll next there, year was yeah, actually they didn't. There, have, they didn't there have wasn't one. next year <laughs> in 2019. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> Darn it! It was foreshadowing right out of a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> you mocked the irony gods who had to show you they still exist. <laughs> On the 400s episode, you were wondering about the 500s episode and what you might do for that episode. I see you're at 522 now. Well, actually now. Five, what are we on now? 526, I, no I think. Sure. I thought I'd ask a few questions now, so the answers will be there when I catch up in a few months. <laughs> okay. I'm interested in obtaining my PPL in the U.S. outside of Philadelphia. I've been using X-Plane for the past two years, and it uh, it's time to take an orientation ride and pick a school. I know just enough to be naive. Born and living in the U.S. my whole life, I recently obtained my dual citizenship with Italy and hope to move slash work there in the next few years. I'm in my mid-50s. If I obtain my PPL in the U.S., can I use it in other countries? There are several related questions, so no problem if you want to spread them out. Okay, let's take these and spread them out. I'm looking for a general understanding of how easy or hard it'll be. Are PPLs usable in other countries like driver's licenses? Can I rent a plane in the EU or UK using my U.S. license, for example? Or do I need to retest, recertify, or take a check ride 
uh, in that or checkout ride in that country. Uh, do rentals typically work similarly as in the U.S.? Uh, fees based on when the plane's running, fuel, insurance, any interesting quirks to be aware of? Are the gauges and watch text that last video from in the cockpit written in the local language or kept in the language of the airplane manufacturer? Uh, yeah, uh, Liz is making the point that um, he needs to watch that 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 uh, video that we just watched regarding that guy's first flight lesson. Um, <laughs> a lot of those questions are answered. I understand when flying professionally to international cities, the common ATC language is English. For general aviation in, in other countries, should I expect the local language will be used instead? Do you want to answer instead? these questions as you go along? Is there a certain level of language proficiency required? Okay, how many are here? Let me scroll down. A lot. Keep Oh, they're a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Keep reading, though, because I'm okay. also reading. Um, did you hear that, Liz? She yeah, wants yeah, me to keep going because she's. Uh, I'm vamping here. Uh, uh, let's see. Number four. In England, do they fly on the other side of the plane like they do in cars? <laughs> he said, sorry, Nick. I couldn't resist the joke. Uh, a related uh, but different question. What are the processes, rules to fly Georgia? Uh, General, uh, Georgia? GA across borders. I'm curious about rules for flying near or crossing international borders with the U.S. I'm also wondering about crossing EU countries from EU to non-EU countries. I don't live near the border, but I'm asking from an academic slash curiosity point of view. I'm thinking of someone in, say, New York flying near or just into Canada, for example. Yeah, I actually don't know the answer to that. I, I know that we do as a uh, – like if you're flying yep. – I, I know uh, wondering about crossing EU country. Okay, so I don't know the answer to that either. But yeah, yeah, I know that we. Well, I I think I do because I think it can be. It's okay. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. We'll get to it. We'll I mean, it's not unusual for me and my line of work, but I don't know what kind of clearances are required to go. So, let's say from Washington D.C. to Minneapolis, we. Or to Detroit, it's not uncommon for us to cross, into cross Canada. the Can- Canadian border mm-hmm. and then back into the U.S. Mm-hmm. because it's almost impossible to miss Canada when you're kind of flying that kind of routing. Uh, because uh, was it Windsor? Why would you want to Is, miss it? Why would I want to miss it, Liz? Well, yeah. you know <laughs> why. <laughs> um, but I don't. I'm not sure if there are any special. So I I, I don't know that specific answer. Um, crossing EU countries, I, don't, I wouldn't think so because it's all under EASA at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure some of our um, you know, friends across the pond might be able to uh, chime in on this a little bit better for us. But yeah. you know, thinking about getting your private pilot certificate here and then going to another country and exercising those privileges. Um, Nick, um, you can help me out here if I'm wrong on this too, but I think as long as you are doing so in a a U.S. registered aircraft, so a November mm-hmm. registered aircraft, that's fine. Um, yep. Certainly you're going to want to know um, a lot about local procedures and uh, how charts look and, uh, you know, you're going to want to spend some time with an instructor there and and get to know the area. But as long as it's in a U.S. registered aircraft, you can do that. Um, so to your point about rentals, um, unless you can rent a U.S. registered aircraft, you're not going to be able to use your U.S. FAA PPL privileges. So if he's over in a European country and it's, there's an N registered airplane there, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. can he can fly it mm-hmm. there with his 
as, as far as I understand oh, interesting. it. interesting. Um, yes, hmm. I agree. Um, and I've heard, uh, I'm aware of people that own N-numbered airplanes over there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird because... Yeah, if, Captain, like, Captain whole, Al is a good example of that, actually. Yes. Yeah, the whole system is kind of shifted over there, right? So, like, um, I've got a friend... Well, uh, one of the guys that flies our C-47, he's got uh, some friends with gliders... Uh, in Germany, and he goes out there every couple of years and gives them BFRs because they have an N-numbered airplane, so they have to get a BFR from a U.S. A FAA CFI. CFI. And a BFR and is uh, not a BFR, a flight review. I'm sorry. Okay, Jeez, hold my but a BFR is a biennial it's flight correct, review, right? They, okay, they, they changed don't the like n- calling it that. They okay, just well, no, I, I would just ask you because a lot of people don't know yeah. understand what these yep. things. It's a two year. It's a two year flight. Every two years. Check. Yeah. And then similarly, uh, mechanics, you know, a FAA mechanic can go over and work on an in-numbered airplane over there. So oh. I did not know this. Yeah. And I mean, that makes some sense, right? You know, if you live here in the United States and you have your own aircraft or access to a, a unregistered aircraft, um, you can take it out of the country and fly it. You hmm. know, if you're like down in Florida and you want to go to Bahamas or, you know, oh, yeah. Dominican Republic. As long as your aircraft can get there, yeah. go for it. Then you have to go through. You can take your you can take your aircraft across the border into Canada. Mm-hmm. You do have to clear customs. You, you do know, have to clear. Yes, yeah, so let's be very clear about. So you have to yes. go to specific airports. Yeah, um, you know, but it doesn't prevent you from utilizing your or exercising your privileges. So does uh, I know landing at certain airports uh, they charge landing fees and that kind of thing yeah i mean there's nothing that's just that's just tax but what about just flying into the airspace is there any charge for that it depends oh i suppose see all this stuff i don't know because in my overflight rules um, there are other people that know all these things and so in a lot of countries a lot of countries there's (laughs) there's significant landing fees yeah so sometimes you get charged for even just approaches Hmm. if you don't actually you know, if you're out practicing approaches and you never I do actually recall somebody the, talking about that. Fact, our friends, uh, Captain Al and Pip, I, mm-hmm. I think I've heard them talking yeah. about this sort so, of thing. So those kinds yeah. of things, I mean, obviously rules are different and uh, regulations are different all around the world. But, you know, if the question is, can I get my private pilot certificate here in the United States? And then if I want to move to another country and continue to fly using my privileges from that certificate, mm-hmm. the answer is yes, but... Are there a lot of so? Is that a common thing to go over there and no, buy I, I and no number airplanes to rent? And that to be I honest, I have no okay. idea. Do you know, Nick? I don't know. I don't think it's super common. Okay. And I think I think that's more because GA is a lot more challenged in some of those countries over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it, um, it, it, I will say it gets very expensive in other countries com- relative to yeah. here. You know, we joked about uh, Landon's video how expensive it is to do a discovery flight and do flight training here. It's still comparatively or relatively inexpensive compared to a lot of places in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know. Should we answer any more of these or maybe I mean, set them so aside? A lot of these are, you know, a lot of these kind of all dovetail together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll answer number four. Okay. Um, you can actually fly on either side of the airplane in either country. So <laughs> that's as long as you have, as long as you have dual controls. Correct. Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of hard to fly. If you don't have dual controls. <laughs> there are some aircraft that do not. <laughs> really? Now, 
Okay. So, oh, well, I, we, I so we removed the controls from oh. the right side of our 182. Oh, that's right. And then I remember seeing those guys that did the plane swap. They were sitting uh-huh. on the right side. Yeah. And my uh, my airplane actually has a – I have both, but one of the options in the Bonanzas is a throwover yoke. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. It's, one, it's one arm, and you can swing it to either side. Correct. Just make sure you don't throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, a, not a throwaway yoke. I thought Catch it was pretty down. funny. <laughs> 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 Guess not. Where's um, your rim shot? I don't know. Yeah, R. <laughs> well, it's not going to do anything. R didn't unless... happen. Nothing happened. I hit R and nothing oh, no. happened. <laughs> the window's got to so be disa- active. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I was told I could press I buttons I... and things would make noise. Uh, I just... I just... I just texted something to Jeff's Steph. just sitting yeah. there like, where are the professionals? Hey. Apparently, piloting is not the only thing that Nick and Rick are professional at. I've got these two amateurs over here. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a, so Liz sent me a, a link from the AOPA about um, U.S. pilots flying to Canada. And it's actually a video. So um, maybe we'll put that in the show notes, Liz. Uh, Maine Marin, I don't have throwover rudder pedals, but I do have fold down rudder pedals on the right side. Without brakes. No brakes. So, yeah. Essentially. Useless. <laughs> or you need that 14,500 foot long runway up I don't, at JFK. I don't need a, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't take a ton of, ton of length to stop my airplane. But Land yeah, the running through these. Yeah. Okay. Uh, running through it, some man. of these real quick. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, we touched on you, private pilot license is usable in other countries. Um, can I rent a plane? I I don't think any of us know about the actual renting the airplane. I think it's no. probably not if it's a different um, if it's country's a different registry. Uh, but do I need to retest, recertify, or take a checkout ride in that country? That really shouldn't be that hard um, if you've recently passed one. Like if you're talking about just getting your pilot's license here and then going over there, I don't know what the fiscal impacts of that would be, but I would think that uh, – you know, a couple of rides, like a couple of local familiarization rides, you might be able to pass a check ride. So that may, in the long term, that may just be more cost effective to have access to both. Yeah, keep um, in mind, especially like IASA bases. and um, CAA, CAA, Civil um, is that what it is Civil in, Aviation in the UK? Um, often have a lot more written test components as well. A lot more theory. Okay. Just Yeah, I think it's hard from what I... It's a lot. In, in my world, it's a lot. It's there's a, like the the air, air there's transport like seven pilots, written, like fourteen tests. Even for your PPL, or it's like a seven, a series of seven written wow. tests or something. If I remember I'm correctly, someone's I, gonna write in and tell us how If I grew up over there, I probably I wouldn't be a pilot. This. But yeah, it's 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 a significant amount of theory knowledge that you have to yeah test that you have to write. Yeah, yeah uh, I guess I don't know either. Okay. Um, are gauges and text in the cockpit written in the local language? They might be that in one, local. Th- they might be um, different value, you know, different um, units. Like, units. Thank you. Yeah. I think so much of this is case specific. A different units is probably pretty common. I think a lot of it is going to be um, still in English because of the international language thing. Uh, but I will say RC-47 was in completely Hebrew, which 
I'm sure everyone aware is aware, but Hebrew not only is a different language, but they use like totally different characters. Right. So you so couldn't even, you like, can't even make like any pronounce guesses. it unless you speak. <laughs> yeah. That'd be like so in it, like Japanese kanji or something yeah. like uh, Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I mean means. so certainly aircraft do get um placards and signage in different languages if they're operating in different countries. So a lot of skydiving aircraft tend to make their way around different places. And especially here in the U.S., some have come from south of the border. So there's sometimes some, or even north of the border. So sometimes there's Spanish or French mm-hmm. placards still Yeah, because in Canada, you have to have both, right, Liz? Uh, both French yeah, and yeah, English? Bilingual. Bilingual, yeah. Um, so um, airspace classifications, that's a good question. Are they the same? Like we have class A, B, C, D, E? G. G. Um, they're different as far as I know. Um, (laughs) they're different. I think so. Okay. Just wondering, Mm -hmm. do you recall Nick when you flew over to, No, uh, I was just trying to think about that too. We were kind of out, out in the boot. Well, so a couple of things we were kind of out in the boonies and then we were always moving around as like a 14 airplane group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was like one guy doing a lot of the flight planning and then a lot of us following him around. So can you get that guy on the phone and find out? No, I'm just kidding. I probably so, I probably could, <laughs> um, but I'm just I'm just thinking now. Like, man, I for as much flying as we did over there in those two months, we really don't have a lot of insight into this. So, <laughs> so very American, yeah, uh, cowboys, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the other thing I was going to say to you is, uh, is again, someone's going to totally correct me if I'm wrong on these things, but I think transition altitude is different oh, yeah. in different countries. Yes. So, and that. flight levels are different in different countries. So, you know, you might get flight level. Uh, like you need to read up on nine zero, zero, yeah. nine zero. zero, nine zero. Q and, Q and, Q and H, H and Q and R and, and all that sort yep. of stuff. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. there's, just, and those are different units again. So there's, yeah. there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be differences. Is it insurmountable differences? No. Um, is it, Cheaper to do your PPL here, probably. Yeah. Can you use all of it over there? Maybe. I think I just summed up your thousand questions. We should just. We should just. I was going to say we should just have Jeff insert a little thing at the beginning of this discussion, saying we're going to speak for the next fifteen minutes about something we basically know nothing about. (laughs) Well, that so just skip ahead. That's that's the last two hours. All of it. We may sound like we know what we're talking about, but we don't. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> but so we, you've, got, you've got about 10 minutes left till the two and a half hour. Okay. Thank you, Liz. Um, so honestly, that again, that's one of the uh, wonderful things about the show. We know that there are a lot of people out there listening that are very knowledgeable about a lot of these different things. And, uh, you know, they're usually not shy to send us some feedback and uh let us know where we got it right and where we got it wrong like tea kettle 15 oh yeah yeah if, so if we get something we, wrong you can let us know absolutely our egos are not fragile or no bruised no nope. we're not typical pilots <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, uh liz real made quick the point, before we move on oh yeah sorry. liz made the point that we're going to have all those questions in our show notes okay go ahead nick yep well i was just going to say main marin made a comment that said no brakes just pretend you're driving a tail dragger I assume he's joking, but if not, I just wanted to point out that you don't drive a tail dragger, you fly a tail dragger, and you drive a nose gear airplane. Oh. Mm. Oh, so even when you're on the ground, you're still flying a tail dragger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's I what was, they say. 
it, they just mean don't, the tie downs. don't forget about your yeah. feet. Like, yeah. please yeah. keep using your feet. Mm-hmm. I always get a kick out of people when they're getting off the airplane. Like, nice driving. I said, well, thank you. But what about my flying? <laughs> <laughs> they, don't call us, do. they don't call us diver drivers for nothing. <laughs> I do both, though. You know, like when, when it's the first officer's leg. I don't do any flying, but I do drive. You do you do, do the driving around yeah, the airport? I'm doing the driving. <laughs> and you drive fast. Yep. And I d- thank you, Liz. I'm taking that as a compliment. Liz is very complimentary <laughs> about Jeff's driving skills. <laughs> That's yeah, just I like to. I'm quick. Um, yeah. Uh, let's do number nine. Uh, That's what from she said. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Liz. So I was hoping to make it through without you saying that. Uh, Adam, uh, following the video. Uh, from a few episodes back, uh, the video that said, if Top Gun was filmed in the UK, would this be Luton's answer to Miramar? And he uh, got this from Miramar. No, Miramar. From Microsoft Flight Simulator. I'm just tired. Microsoft Flight Simulator. And this is Adam Catling. And uh, did I? I think I got, put that uh, in the slides, I didn't the I? Overlay yep, up. it's up. Oh, thank you. I got it up. Yeah, so it is. I um, got it up. <laughs> yeah. Why can't you? Um, this is a, an, is that an F-18? Mm-hmm. I think. And it's in yep. um, EasyJet colors in the orange and uh, white livery from EasyJet. Anything else about it that is? And has the captain gone to the bathroom and never returned? Oh, the captain has gone to the bathroom and has never returned. Is there not? I can't. Oh, yeah. It's not. Nobody's in there. Okay. They left Oops. the light on like Motel 6. Well, there's a reason why you do that. Yeah. At Motel 6. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> bad people might be hiding somewhere. Bugs. I don't know. What no, I'm just kidding. Uh, We're getting so much hate mail from bugs Motel 6. Bugs don't care. Oh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean any of it. Uh, Dr. Steph at AirlinePilotGuy.com. That's right. Um, I think we should wrap it up now. And le- do you think so, know. Liz? <laughs> She's, she's like, she's, please stop talking. This is this is such a wreck of a show. I think she just <laughs> stop. struggling a bit. <laughs> I am definitely struggling. Um, I'm trying to help him out. Is yeah. there one that we should wrap up with, Liz? Is there a? Uh, I thought yeah. we should wrap up with that one. Okay. Get us right. Mm. We could do twelve. We could do twelve. That's the audio. is building. Well, audio. Liz is uh, thinking out loud. Um, yeah, let's do this. This is this will be good. Um, Jordan, one of our community members, sent us in some audio feedback. Well, good afternoon, Captain Jeff and the rest of the APG crew. This is JJ, not Pittsburgh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma, with some exciting news. I just passed my instrument check ride and so i'm officially an instrument rated pilot so anyways i'm pretty excited and want to share that all with you as well as you know my gratitude for all the advice and stories that y'all tell on the show and uh i'd be lying to you if there weren't times throughout my instrument training where i had some had some doubts as to whether or not i could get through it but you know uh once again i appreciate all the all the advice and the stories y'all tell and um, just the community in general. So I just want to send this all to you and, you know, next time you, any, any of y'all find yourself in Tulsa, we'll have to get together and, I don't know, go grab a burger or something and 
shoot the breeze. Anyways, clear skies, tailwinds, and all the things that go with it. Y'all have a good one. Awesome. Uh, again, yeah. let's do the applause for JJ and Tulsa. That's awesome. That's not an easy uh, check ride. That's a difficult check ride. Yeah. It's just a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of things to know, a lot of things to remember. So, and I'm well just, done. I'm just very impressed that we didn't, um, you know, keep him from getting that <laughs> successful. We weren't a hindrance. Yeah, we weren't a hindrance and <laughs> distraction and all the above. So, That's congrats. That's a positive note to end on. I think. That is a positive note to end on. Liz, you're right. We'll get that Sorry. little clip, yeah, but- that little sound clip. You're right, Liz. All right. Um, I want to play that all the time. Yeah. So, uh, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for continuing to send us in feedback. We still have a lot of great feedback to play, and uh, maybe I won't be so out of sorts on the next show, and we'll be able to do a better job of it. But um, anyway, you can send it to uh, us at feedback at airlinepilotguy.com. And uh, we have a website where you can access the contact us page and speak pipe to send us in audio feedback or better yet. I think there's a limit on how long of a, it's like three minutes on speak pipe. I think. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but anyway, if you want to leave a longer one, uh, you can use or, or whatever, a higher quality one, you can use your phone, uh, to record a voice memo or whatever your app is that you're using. And you can attach it to the, uh, feedback email and we can play it on the show because we love hearing your voices. Like we just heard from JJ, uh, from Tulsa, not Pittsburgh. And, uh, we have, uh, other great stuff on our website, airlinepilotguy.com, uh, information about the crew and the community. It's all up to date and accurate. And, uh, we have the community calendar. We have merchandise. We the have library. the library. Yeah. Can you believe that? Mm-hmm. Uh, our librarian, Tiffany, uh, manages that for us. Thank you, Tiffany. Um, more information, more detailed information about the plane tail. We didn't have a plane tail. Maybe that's what's, that's why I'm out That's of why sorts. You're, you're off. Yeah, I'm off we because didn't. we didn't have a plane tail today. We didn't have Captain Nick, uh, my wingman, uh, with us. And uh, so, anyway, more information about the individual plane tail episodes are there and uh, so much more. So, check it out, airlinepilotguy.com. And we're also on social media. I'm glad you mentioned that we're on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter.com. We are at APG Crew. I have no idea what order Liz is putting these up in. I'm sorry, Liz. I'm not looking at the correct screen. Just occurred to me that she usually does Facebook first. Um, um, see what she's doing here. But Twitter, yeah, there, there's we Twitter. got it. All right. Um, our individual Twitter handles are pinned to the top of that page. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash airline pilot guy and Instagram APG crew there as well. Uh, for a deeper dive, um, I'm hoping Hillel is done with his shower. He was in the shower like an hour and a half ago. Well, I don't know. I think I, I still hear the water running. Is let it me, still run? Oh, my gosh. Let me uh, turn up the secret hidden microphone. Um, hey, Hillel? Hey, Hillel, can you do uh, Slack? Okay, but I'm dripping wet. Okay. Again, watch out. He's going to oh. get water all oh, no. over the place. Oh, no. Let's try to cover up this equipment here so that, okay. I'm move out of the way. Yeah. All right. He's going to, wow. I'm glad yes. he, he put a, a robe on. Okay. Would you please tell us about Slack 
APG listeners, please join us on our Slack team. Slack is a communication, coordination, and sharing platform that works on your mobile, laptop, or browser. On Slack, we share news and ideas. We suggest episode and plain tales topics. We plan events and meetups. To get into the Slack team, please email me at slack at airlinepilotguy.com. That's S-L-A-C-K, Sierra Lima Alpha Charlie Kilo at airlinepilotguy.com. Or send me a tweet with your preferred email address to at Hillel, and I'll send you an invitation. That's Hillel, spelled Hotel India 11 Echo 1, and see you in Slack. Thank you, Hillel. So you can go back to the, uh, well, wow. Didn't waste any time. No, no. Yeah. It's quick about it. Thanks, Hillel. I keep flushing, but it's still in there, Jeff. Wait a minute. So I think that's misnamed. No, you clicked on <laughs> I did? I'm clicking on this one. No, it's not. <laughs> going to go in there for a while, Captain. Oh, I guess I did that last week. <laughs> I did the same darn thing last week. I thought I was pressing this one, and I pressed the one above it. Oh, well. Sorry. Anyway. I-, I watched that happen. It was great. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Uh, thanks Hillel for managing Slack for us. We do appreciate that. And we also want to say a big thank you for Liz. Thank you, Liz. Producer Liz. Thank you. My pleasure. As always. I mean, honestly, you wouldn't believe the amount of work that, uh, Liz does between shows and while we're doing the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's, you know, if you're listening to the audio only show, you'll hear her, um, you know, saying, all kinds of sweet nothings in my ear and <laughs> directing yeah, this whole pretty mess. much nothing in your ear yeah yeah and anyway we do appreciate you liz thank hey, you, you want so to hear much. some trivia before we sign off yeah so let's uh, hear know, some a trivia year, a year ago today with uh tuesday june 22nd you were with steph in charlotte recording a show Really, what? and the only reason I I know that is it came up on Facebook as a memory, and then I went back <laughs> on the calendar and checked it out. Oh, How about, about that? that? Yeah, we've been here there you several times. Remember, we did that one. Um, uh, when I was in a hotel room over that way on that end, and we had like s- s- several people that yep, were we had a uh, live, live audience, audience for sure. Yeah, I remember that. We had was, one that was, was like the four Giggle se- Fest, four seventy eight. 478 you were okay. doing last year. There was one last a number year. of years yeah, ago. Yeah, but it was a couple of years ago at this hotel that we... We've done several yeah. recordings here at this hotel mm-hmm. in yeah, one year Charlotte. ago. Anyway. Yeah, wow. So next, awesome. next, June, next June 22nd, let's make it oh, We're going to have to be here. Uh, I guess, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. have to do Figure that. Figure that out. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you, Liz, for that uh, piece of trivia. And, uh, Pretty important. It is very important. And uh, we do appreciate all of you listening and uh, sending us in feedback and for those of you uh, providing financial support as well. I mean, we love you guys and we hope that you're here again next week. Yeah. So in the meantime, wishing you clear skies, unlimited, fr- <laughs> I was going to say unli- unli- unlimited frisbees. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> wishing you clear skies, unlimited visibility and tailwinds. Take care and God bless. Cheers, y'all. See you later. Bye, everybody. Yeah, he's up in the sky. It's the airline pilot guy. Good day.
I used to be such a good, good pilot Till I started APG I opened doors for little old ladies I helped them to their seats Airline, not a guy Cause I'm always flying I just don't have the time But I can land this old plane I can land it just fine Airline, not a guy I fly, oh, man, oh Airline 